This is Tom from Wrong Rocket. And Chris from Tabletops and Tentacles. Or, or are you deeply dapper? I mean, or am I? Deep, I don't know. It still throws me off that you're Wrong Rocket. So don't. Hey, listen. I've always been Wrong Rocket, and I always yeah, will that's be. True. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Embrace the new age. Time is meaningless. Reality is, you know, ethereal, and and this is just always how it's been and always will be. Having recorded with you till 4 a.m., I agree that time is meaningless. <laughs> I see what you did. All right. Release the. Mr. Deeply Dapper. What's up? I remember I remember one time I recorded with you. We we, had, we were so filled with pro, with uh, hope and optimism, right? Because uh, Obama got a second term, remember that? Great. I just graduated high school. <laughs> Twenty years earlier. <laughs> well, you know, on this on this show, we bounce around and and everybody's really busy, and so we kind of bounce and have different um, different singy songy um, hosts. And we've done yes. a number of them where it's Mike and I, and we've actually not that long ago we had you and Mike and me, Mike and me. Yeah, you and Mike and me, and um, that was, that was a chaotic episode. It was wonderful. I can't, I can't, I did not envy you in the editing on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few snips, but we got so many five star reviews that it made it all worthwhile. Um, we appreciate those five star reviews, dear listeners. Five minimum. Also, for a number of episodes, I've been able to make it so that I barely, I didn't really have to edit anything. We were Ooh. so professional and above board that, uh, you know, I mean, it was clean. It was even nothing, nothing really to change. No, <laughs> no dubious comments or late night slurring. It was, it worked out great. Uh, <laughs> and then the last one, not so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> Such is the nature yeah. of well, the podcast. Uh, but listen, I want to ask you something right out of the gate. Uh, for our sweet, sweet sucking the monkey segment, what are you consuming tonight? You know, I am drinking nothing that exciting, unfortunately. Uh, Is that the name I of am. The drink? Yes, that's exactly. It's called <laughs> nothing exciting. No, I'm That'd just I'm drinking a Dr Pepper with just a little bit of Kraken in it. All right. Okay. So I'm doing a, a gin and tonic with a splash of lemon. Ooh. But since I'm drinking it in a Boba Fett mug, like a giant helmet mug i'm gonna call it the sarlacc and claim it's a drink i made up so <laughs> what do you think all right i'll allow it perfect Does it, do you slowly digest it over thousands of years i do i do that's and because then I, and then I yes and then i post art about it on on my uh, on my website and then and then realize and then later on have to go and edit it all out because everything i said was dated Oh, like man. where I insisted with a lot of explanation points, Boba Fett's not dead. It's just slow roasting. And then, <laughs> yeah, like this today I was like, oh, delete, delete, delete. To be contemporary. <laughs> Don't ever go back and self-edit. It's a his, it's I'm a not. historical record of wrongness. There's Time a, there's a reason we call you wrong rocket. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, like it never was the other way because everything is in the present and the future and also the past. So trailers let's get right into it red tra sky tra trailers 
Let me see if I can read you this see tiny font you sent me. Good bump lord. Bump it up like an old man. I, I just, I, I don't know how to bump up my, my inbox. Oh, it's the same as everywhere else. Look at that. How fancy. <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel special that I actually gave you the, the tome of notes? So you see I'm what just going to cut with? and paste this to tabletopsandtentacles.com as an article. <laughs> I think you could. But once I, you know, I've always been pretty organized, but once I really cleaned it up, I can transfer it over to the to the show notes very easily. Yeah. And, you know, it's awesome. You're so efficient. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of yum. That's what I say. I trailers! Pref- yes, trailers. I only watched one of those two. <laughs> Which of them? Which did you watch? I haven't seen Monsters of Man yet because my internet was being crappy. Okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Monsters of Man was garbage. Oh, This okay. is the kind of movie, though, that you would enjoy because you enjoy garbage movies among us. I mean, it's <gasps> Tom, fair to say. What I mean by that is you're you not like, wrong. <laughs> yeah, you like the old, you like the the schlock as well as the high quality stuff, and in many cases, the schlock is more entertaining, right? So sometimes I like Monsters high quality of, schlock. Agreed. Monsters of Man is very much like one of those, you know, it's a it's a it's a kludge of different things that we've already seen before. And the one thing I will say is that we don't know if editing and terrible acting and nonsensical plot direction sinks it, but what it looks like, like in the trailer, it looks like it could be just a major motion picture, right? Because the CGI <laughs> has gotten good and the robots look really, you know, it's it's predators in the jungle but with robots, right? And okay. it just looks, I mean, it looks dead on. It looks great. Um, however, the, the cast is all very, probably, eh? the, the cast is all very B movie. That's for sure. Oh yeah. And there's probably four lines of dialogue in the trailer <laughs> and the trailer's <laughs> three minutes long. It's a lot of explosions and robots looking or <laughs> looking at you. It's funny. The one thing I will say, cause you know, the subtleties of the way robots look different in, in, uh, in these things are fun or like zombies that go fast zombies that go slow. In this case, the robots, they have a twitch motion when they look at things. Kind of reminds me of birds. So as they're kind of going through the jungle and something gets its attention, its head is like instantly, you can imagine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like the, the off-kilter eye cameras, too. I do, too. It's going to be garbage, but I think you will enjoy it and tell me how it is. <laughs> yes? Except you did watch Nobody? Uh, well, I watched the trailer, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. I did not. What did you think of it? Uh, it looks fun. I love Bob Odenkirk. Me too. I think he is excellent and has a very distinctive... He's got a great grasp of both drama and comedy, so I think this is a Agreed. solid... I think it, I think it's going to be fun. Well, and, and the pedigree behind this film is a legit one, not a knockoff team. So. Right. And, and also, he's... If you take away uh, Keanu Reeves' uh, extensive training, lifetime <laughs> proficiency with... <laughs> weapons and martial arts um you know odenkirk has the same thing that he's bringing that that keanu brought to the first john wick or that um even uh bruce willis brought to some of his early stuff in the sense that he's got a scout he's got a he can he can look mean and intense but also aggravated so what else do we really need (laughs) yeah i think it's gonna be fine i'm pretty excited about it actually so I plan to see that one, and I don't so much. I'm not sure about the monsters of monsters of man. Yeah, I don't know but that I will necessarily watch that. Then again, there's a lot of uh, major 
you know, big budget films that are sitting in my queue that I haven't seen either. So you just never really know. You never it's know. crazy considering theoretically we're home so much more. And yet I watched less this year yes. than I have watched in a very long time. Agreed. Me too. Me too. A lot of reasons for that on both of our yeah. sides, but it's not been a vacation for a year. Right. I'm wiped out. I can't stay awake at night. Yeah, like I I struggle with that. Like I finally was like, all right, I need to go see somebody about some sort of pills or something because I am having a rough time functioning. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Although the Viagra, I don't see how it helps in any way well, with the problems that you're facing. It all depends on what part of you you're having trouble keeping up. <laughs> I do suppose for that's you true. it's your eyelids, for other people how it's you... other things. How you manage your remote is your business. <laughs> so, I have to get up off the couch somehow, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Hydraulics. So, um, uh, penis jokes, 2020. So the thing is also that uh, the thing is, for the longest time, I just felt guilty about doing anything for years. I felt guilty doing anything other than art projects because it's the only time I could do it is at night, right? And then, yeah. and then during this whole thing, it was working too long. And then it's like, oh, mm -hmm. go in and hang out, you know, the social, being with the family and stuff. But also, even when I would sit down, just nod right off. And you and I yeah. both, we kind of rely on the late hours to get stuff done and to watch things and to just have some time. Yeah, absolutely. I got no time. But <laughs> yeah. what I do have time for is this absolute onslaught of Marvel and Disney news that happened. Goodness. I mean, so they were the just like, hey, don't 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 give up on disney yet we may seem like an underdog but we've got this coming <laughs> there's a one character said to another character in the current season and episode of expanse he said your problem is that you always think the underdog is the good guy that sort of seemed like a really nice. strong disney motto um yeah really but, but 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 what's interesting about this to me well two things one the recording that is in the can that you haven't heard hasn't been released at the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike and I talked a lot about the last bombshell, which was the big push for Warner Brothers to controversially move all their stuff to a streaming slash live release model. That was that happened like right before we started recording. So that was like the big thing. That's crazy. And then and then less than a week later, this <laughs> and, and yeah. this is. And the thing that's crazy about this, I think the reason it seems like a sneak attack is it was going to the board of directors. So the stuff right. that came out was either the, the leaks and then it was the formal release of things. But it wasn't done like in a convention style. Here's the big show for all the fans at home to know what's happening. It was sort of yeah, like, oh, by the like way, a, this is what we're planning. A glorified board meeting. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it really was. Um and a, like a lot of the stuff we heard about initially, we're like, oh, that's a whole lot of stuff. And then there's more that you find out about later. You're like, well, that was the B-roll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, we'll get into this. I mean, I think my biggest takeaway, though, from this and also a lot of our other news today, this week and today is that it's positive to see that there's plans for production coming out of the other end of this this nightmare. And mm -hmm. that the studios are intending to keep going, even though this is a lot of broadcasting to other entities within the movie making system, like theaters, right. and suppliers and stuff like, look, don't worry, we're still big budget, <laughs> even even though everybody's complaining that Warner Brothers is going to kill the movie business by sinking these big movies with streaming. 
don't you worry about it. Mulan was a fluke, right? On the other hand, so <laughs> right. it's fun to see them doing that, like being proactive and saying, look, we got a lot of stuff. And it's not just boring updates. It's like big stuff. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, between this and other news we have, doesn't it feel like we've just been slapped with like 5,000 pounds of just rehashes of the same thing in this nostalgia blast right yeah i'm kind of struggling to be excited about a lot of it it's weird i feel especially on other beyond the 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 franchises that i really love but when Mm -hmm. we get into it you know and you get these random you know eight is enough is being redone or whatever you're like come (laughs) on right like they're just going back to the well so much when there's so many opportunities and like someone said on twitter last night uh they said you know thinking about Snyder is bragging about the Justice League movie and how it's mm. going to be the most amazing thing and Batman cusses and it's going to be so great. And the, the tweet, the Twitter person commented that $70 million could have funded a number of very interesting projects from interesting storytellers that are, yeah. that are maybe disenfranchised, but instead Warner Brothers spends $70 million. It's going to be more than that, right? On giving Just us to, the same movie that we've already seen. And more of it and more talks more toxic material too right yeah so, it's so strange to me let us start with the marvel news and you know in the past we've been doing a thing where we rate it either with a red tentacle for it's great to a black octopus if it sucks and a uh, gray kraken if we're in the middle of the road and then we mm-hmm. often forget to do that after about five but if you choose to rate it please do yes the first thing I have here is that Hawkeye is going to is moving forward. They are filming. We've seen people in the street now. We've definitely not only confirmed uh, Haley Stanfeld, but also you see her and you see mm-hmm. the costume. And Which from is... my perspective, it's it, everything is great about it except that Renner is there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, like he's my least favorite aspect of Hawkeye, frankly. And it's not like I'm offended by him. I just don't, I'm not excited by him. But I love yeah. Haley Steinfeld or however you pronounce her name. She's great. She is. So. And she looks good. She looks like what yeah. you want what you wanted her to see. I still think you're gonna get the purple with the thigh cut that's so awkward because I feel like I saw some sneak that seemed to suggest that was happening. Like maybe there's a <laughs> more than one look. But what do you see her walking around in with like black tactical pants and boots and the, the purple on the top. I mean, she, it's mm-hmm. a really legit uh, adaptation of the costume. I think it looks yeah. better than a lot of the Marvel Netflix attempts were. I looks agree good. completely. Yeah, I think it looks she, really excellent. I'm pretty impressed. And she looks in, and she looks comfortable with the bow, which is... I mean, all the archery types get to, to criticize, just like, you know, you should criticize the yeah. inaccuracy of how actors are holding bows and shooting arrows and whatnot, but... <laughs> <laughs> but they don't <laughs> it's totally it's totally uh you know um unrealistic that the bow spins breaks in half and then become punching bo- <laughs> boxing gloves <laughs> right no but you know but they'll comment it's like the same people who say why are you shooting the gun in the lateral position instead of upright why don't you have a two-handed hold and that kind of stuff so i'm sure there's yeah. a lot of criticism but it to my eye it looks like she knows what she's doing it doesn't look like the few times I poked around at some of the WB and other things where, or Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with uh, Kevin Costner, where they're just kind of <laughs> holding the bow from the corner, you know? Yeah. Holding the string. Yeah. I think it looks pretty solid. I, I'm, I haven't seen a ton. I've just seen those like, like handful of pictures, but yeah. from what I've seen of it, I, and I think it looks like they're, 
is it the are they basing it off of the is it the fraction stuff it it sounds like it because they say he's going to have the uh the, the deafness and the dogs running around nice um, so yeah and that's part of the thing i mean renner it was not a terrible hawkeye but he's definitely mm-hmm. not the fraction hawkeye to me right and that's I, the I can see yeah. him in my mind's eye and it's a charismatic it's a handsome charismatic but beat up guy yeah to me to me like a like the like the brad pitt with stitches is 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 that is that version of him oh yeah absolutely you know, that would you be know? perfect casting if he wasn't so expensive <laughs> well sure um but i like that they're taking that story because it's a great story and and, and then you have a madam mask and stuff so it seems like that's the case and also um and the thing is renner i like him in other things I liked him fine as a as a born, just not the born, whatever. But I liked him fine. I think, and I liked him in Mission Impossible. Okay, I think it's just in this role. I don't. I just never really invested in him as the Hawkeye. Yeah, he has a weird intensity that doesn't seem to fit Hawkeye. Like yeah. Hawkeye's always had that kind of that swashbuckler attitude, and yeah, yeah, Renner's never had much of that, and I think it's weird. Well, <laughs> but they brought that character in as a tactical as a dark tactical op guy. So they wrote him. Yeah, that's true. In so much as they wrote him at all, they wrote him in a serious manner (laughs) in that way. I think Um, they made it when he came out in the Avengers, it was like, or Thor, whichever was the first one he was in. He, he was, it's like he presented like he was the ultimate Hawkeye, but that, that one's a real Jack. Mm -hmm. So it was like black ops, with that look. And I feel like, yeah, that's true. It's been, it's been hard for him to, to them to flesh out the character and humanize him. And when they gave him his, his family and they go to the farm and all that, it was like, they leaned really hard into saying this badass actually has a soft back end. And I like his interactions with widow and all the implications. <laughs> soft it's <back> just, <laughs> I mean, right. They just, they just kind of glued it on. Right. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to say about this is ec- echoes in it. What, 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 what is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's, I'm, what's, what's I'm still laughing about the glued on soft back end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they have a budget, but it's not a big budget. Right. The glued on soft back end. So, uh, doesn't have a, so also, a Chris Evans gluteus. That's right. That's right. I understood that reference. Um, also, this project will have Echo, and there's been photos of uh, it's like Alawana Cox or something as Echo. And all I, all you see in it is she's in a long coat and she has a bandaged face and whatever. So who knows? But anyway, oh, Echo is my favorite modern Daredevil. One of my favorite modern Daredevil um, characters. So that's yeah, let's hope they yeah. Echo's well. great. That was the the David Max stuff, right? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I really so, like that that run. Okay, next item I have here is that Letitia Wright from Black Panther said some things. Yeah, she did. I don't know. So yeah, so she made some comments. She she retweeted like a seventy minute video or something from a from a from a an anti vaxxer COVID conspiracy person, and then she was a little bit uh, she was a little bit recalcitrant when she got a a real bad uh, clap back on social media. And you know, I mean, I think there's a lot more of these celebrities that have these kinds of opinions and most of them, their managers are just telling them not to talk. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. I think John Voight and exactly Gina Carano it. are exceptions, right? <laughs> but 
but like I, I i don't know man it's really hard i i don't know yet it doesn't it yet it hasn't yet burned into my ability to enjoy her performance but mm-hmm. if she keeps it up it might see that's the thing because... yeah you there's there's a certain line that you can toe up to but if you just double down you're gonna lose a big crowd and especially that particular topic that it's just let people be who they want to be like <laughs> well just such i mean a the strange thing... stance to take oh yeah that's right it was also transphobic wasn't it mm. you know i honestly honestly though the thing is it's not like we're saying i i'm certainly not saying that people shouldn't have their opinions and they don't have the freedom to say what they want to say but we definitely are affected by it certainly the certainly the people who feel the way gina carano feels those you know, proud star boys love that, right? <laughs> right? Good on them. But, but, but it does have an impact. It has, it has a, a, a ripple effect. And I think the difference between, I've been able to accept, you know, I read that someone like Bruce Willis is a jerk in, on set all the time, but, mm-hmm. and, and he's a lazy boy in his movies, but you know, on the movies that I watch that I like, I still like him. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Can be a terrible guy. I still like watching him. Um, I read recently about how uh, the whole problem behind the scenes with Elf and why they didn't have a sequel, and it kind of destroyed some of the magic when I realized that Favreau and Farrell were tense and fighting and you know oh, whatever. Really? And... Interesting. Oh yeah, they didn't they didn't get along. The what you'd think it would be James Caan who doesn't want to proceed, but he was like, "Oh, I wanted another one. I want a yacht <laughs> or whatever." Huh. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I could uh, be grumpy and <laughs> yeah. sullen on He's, film. No problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the sense that James Caan is uh, turning down roles these days. I think it was just sort of a yeah, fluke really. that he got that. But but all the same, you know, someone like Gina Carano is a good example of being right on the fence because I can't. I see her and I can't stop thinking about not only the things that she say says that offends my ideology and my sensibilities, but that she doubles and triples down on them and kind of has that defensive mockery. That snide yeah. mockery of how people's because you could also have an unpopular opinion and then when people react to it you could also say I totally understand how you feel I have yeah. my opinion you have yours I'm sorry I hurt your feelings but hey I'm good but yeah it I wish goes it hand surprised hand. me more but like she's she's coming from that world with the the True. MMA fighters and stuff that it I wish it surprised me more when I found that out but it really didn't <laughs> yeah I know but you know that's the thing is also it goes hand in hand with a lot of those those attitudes is the mm-hmm. condescending cut down and mockery of the opposing viewpoint. There is a, yeah, there is a, and, and that's not to say Matthew McConaughey recently got a little bit of flack for a, a interview he did in, in England where he was talking about how the ultra left is equally bad. He calls them the illiberals yeah. and he's like, Oh yeah. Well, when you, when you mock anybody who is conservative and any Trump supporter as being an idiot and you don't even, you, you refuse to engage you're as part of the problem as they are. And, well, I don't think that's entirely true because of a lot of deeper issues. The point's still true that if you're not willing to be polite, differing opinions, everyone's right to have different opinions is there. But if you're not going to be polite and you're not going to be respectful of other people's feelings and opinions, you're doing it wrong as a public celebrity who's marketing themselves for business, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and you don't work at like Fox <laughs> News or whatever, right? So... I don't know. I see Gina Carano and I still feel it, but I'm still enjoying her because of loving Mando so much. But at the same time, I'm like, if she was in another show, I wouldn't watch it. Right. 
it's it's and such the, uh, a hard thing these days because like growing up we we had newspapers back in the back in my day it was newspapers and so you didn't hear about all of this kind of stuff and so i think it was a lot easier skin. to yeah yeah it was just it was easier to appreciate actors as actors and not know about all the behind the scenes stuff unless it became some huge thing like the the whole like communism thing or something yeah. like that these days sure. it's like oh somebody went out without a bra and we know about it online it's it's just insane the level of scrutiny that they're all under and i understand well, and some also of them... it's push yeah it's push though too it's push because of social media even if you didn't care to know the mm -hmm. nuance of all these people even if you don't follow all their accounts or whatever the the 24-hour entertainment news cycle pushes it at you right so they need con it's not constant drip yeah. of content back in the day if we didn't buy cinefx magazine or or fangoria or one of those we're not going to read about how the sausage is made on the kind of movies we liked or starlog or something right you yeah, just didn't exactly. know it just it just yeah. came out the 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 great the great conspiracy or the great um i should say the great controversy of darth vader's uh, you know uh, lineage and all this mm -hmm. it's such a such a uh, a uh foregone conclusion today and they talk about it like what an outrage in the fan community but it was in star wars magazine or whatever the hell right like it's not like yeah, yeah. i mean eventually in the theater yes they start talking about it in the in regular print but the development of these things no one knew no one knew anything about right it. so yeah i think it's unfortunate we're not we have no choice but to find out that these like like i never would have known that chris pratt was the person he has good and bad things he does, but you know, I wouldn't have known about yeah. his certain focus, his religious side of him, and the certain predilections that he has. I, I don't even follow his accounts, but the internet tells yeah. them to me anyway, right? So, right. Yeah. Exactly. But I think the one exception is John Voight, and I think it's because he always plays a bad egg. So even as I knew <laughs> he was doing rabid campaigns for Trump, and and sorry, political. Okay, this is not a Trump-friendly podcast, <laughs> and it never was, but. Even as he was doing these desperate Tea Party style pleads to like, you know, send in all your your cash out your house and send it into right. Trump. We got to save the world from the e the absolute evil that's coming and all this horse shit. And then I would sit there and I was finishing Ray Donovan and I didn't it didn't affect it one whit because he's a mm -hmm. horrible, sleazy con man in that show. And it feels right. like he's always playing himself anyway. So, <laughs> so that's the thing. With yeah, Letitia it's easier Wright. when they're playing to form in film as well as life. <laughs> Correct. And that's the problem with Letitia Wright is not only was she a, a protagonist, but mm -hmm. she was a standout in Black Panther and Avengers. And she's the heir apparent to Black Panther. So right. when when she says things that are uncomfortable, it's you're like, no, don't ruin a thing I like. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Anyway, so maybe she'll continue to backpedal it. Who knows? Um so yeah yeah so then let's see what else um i'm, I'm kind of skipping a few of these here uh so spidey 3 continues to be a super hot mess that's Goodness not a marvel gracious, thing. what in the world is going on there it's madness. and it's gotten worse since i sent this to you now they say sandman and uh and uh who the hell else was it like someone's friend frank i mean like i don't know who yeah, i can't remember yeah <laughs> it's crazy it, it's like it, it the rumor mill is basically saying anybody who was anybody in any of the other films is suddenly back. I just, which, I, I don't understand. Like they already have a really good multi Spider-Man movie. That's never going to get better than that. Right. Well, <laughs> like, and even like, if you, yeah, the problem is you can't dispute or even 
call shade on a lot of these because it seems plausible that Sony would do this. And the more that goes on and on, the, the less that... I mean, Marvel denies... Marvel doesn't comment on casting rumors even when it is or it isn't true. But Sony's going to step right out there and put their foot in it no matter what, right? Like, it's astonishing to me. If this wasn't true, why isn't Sony running, jumping all over it saying, oh, you know, whatever, making some really bad press releases, and they're not. Yeah. But it's not making me um, particularly excited uh, for, for, for Spidey 3. I just not... Mm, I... I... Not, it could be amazing but as of right now yeah it's like the worst spider-man movies is when they start adding too many villains and too many characters and they're like how about this one where we add literally all the characters it's just how can that possibly be good (laughs) well when when they said they were going to do that multiverse shit with uh flash and they were going to get keaton and you know whatever and then different whoever you know what all the people that were going to in ship's gonna show up in his velour suit and all that stuff i felt like that that intense fan service something that dc would do and i was kind of like okay and they didn't even earn it but we're like okay fine but it just kind of seemed consistent with the way the dc movies sometimes lean but for sony to do this with the one property they have connected to marvel that is just so it's been so good yeah i don't yeah i have trouble imagining mixing these projects it's not just all the characters being overloaded but like the, the actors and the characters from the other versions of the film. We don't need this. No, we don't. It's we don't want so this. strange. <laughs> oh, it's the vulture is the other one that they added. Ah, uh, yeah, and that's the only one that you would expect, unless they're going to put right. it. Right. Yeah, I, I know. Um, the only thing I would say about all this is that um, you know, Boss Logic or someone, whoever the hell, photomanipped uh, Emma Stone as as uh, Spider Gwen, and I was like, sure. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, fine. I'd be down with that. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> And the other thing that pisses me off about this, if it's all true, is that I've been wanting so much for the Daredevil thing to happen. And I yeah. don't want it sucked into this vortex. I know, right? I mean, if it makes it happen and it gets him his own film or something, I guess I'm okay with it. But uh, it's such but a I, weird way to do it. I just don't even think that the Daredevil Spider-Man pairing from the comics even makes sense anymore in no. the context of what they've done with Spider-Man and the Avengers, like now, like if it had yeah, just he... been Holland and him mm-hmm. and it was street level, I can see that somehow working, but we've already had yeah, a story Yeah, that'd be where... weird, but I would accept it, yeah. Because then you, then you could kind of compartmentalize it. But, mm-hmm. but again, even then, he, he was already, in this last movie, he had a new hero that he was really intrigued by and then it turned out to be a Jack. So he's like, well, why is he going to trust the next guy in armor to show up, right? <laughs> right. And also, it's just he doesn't have that. I mean, he has other people who have had that dynamic with him now. So I almost feel like I wanted Daredevil to come in. I was actually uh, crossing figures and hoping that somehow they were going to fold Daredevil into something like um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier or something like that. Something that is hmm. uh, yeah. has, a tact- has a tactical urgency edge to it. I thought that mm-hmm. would be a way to bring him into it. But eh, anyway... Uh, speaking of which, the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer was released during that big blast of stuff. Um, and I've heard mixed feelings from different people that I've talked to. What did you think about it? I am fine with it. I I don't know. I really like both of those characters, but I don't know how urgently I need to see a show with both of them. Hmm. I you feel like you're going to feel a vacuum? It's... It, uh, I think it... 
I don't know, man. I, I'm really mixed about it. It's weird. Like, I feel like I like both of those characters a lot, but I don't know if there's enough meat on that bone for an entire series. Yeah. So well, I'll be curious hmm. to see. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I think that I think you could have infinite, uh, you know, uh, shadow ops and dark that that level of the Captain America stuff, the films I love the most, mm-hmm. that story thread, Black Widow, all that stuff. I think we could tell espionage related stories. Batrock was a great example of how they brought in a stupid super character into a born style environment. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I could see that for seasons. The problem mm-hmm. I worried about is the story of Falcon and Winter Soldier together in the absence of Captain America was a really big deal in the comics. And it was entirely about the imposter syndrome of not having Steve Rogers around. And I don't think that works in a serialized TV setting. Cause that's going to get old really fast. If everyone's yeah. just standing around feeling sorry for themselves because they are not living up to the ghost of Captain America. Right. I don't yeah. think that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, the comics did play around quite a bit with the idea of what happened when Falcon was cap and he was faced with just incessant racism. And hmm. I think that would be a valid thing for them to do all things considered in the modern era. But yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm much more interested in the, I love Mackie as an actor, but I'm much more interested too. in the, in the winter soldier side of that story. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things where if they throw them right into an adventure right away and it's less episodic and more of like a drawn out. Yeah. Event, I think I'll be a lot more into it. The trailer didn't agree. give me a lot of meat, but it, I mean, I'll watch it obviously. <laughs> so, which is a good thing, but I was glad yeah. about that when they don't, when they don't tell you something I've, I've, a, with these guys, I feel like that means that they're just not telling us things. WandaVision right. has given us five trailers and unless and you I've, have a hint, unless you have some history with the comics, you don't know what's going on. Right? Even with history with it, I still, <laughs> my brother texted me. He's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. And he's well, a like West coast Avengers guy. <laughs> yeah right right well and loki's the same way it's like they they threw yeah. a bunch of stuff on screen they showed very little new content but it was so cockamamie that you're like well uh, whatever it is i right. want it but I, I don't know what is happening <laughs> yeah yeah i'll watch it but wow <laughs> i mean i really like winter soldier and i really like that um that zemo's back and i like them together and i almost feel like i hate to say it but like i like i feel like what was exciting about winter soldier in the movie was that he was so just he was so Captain America but deadly and badass so that he would catch the shield or he would knock the thing out of the way or he would do these really cool moves and you were like wow this guy's amazing whereas Falcon is flashy because yeah. of the wings and he's more superhero-y and so as a result I feel like there's a disconnect there in the same way that uh you know Cap was much more interesting in in Winter Soldier like when he's doing his his uh his his nomad cap stuff with the blacked out suit, you know, oh, yeah. he's doing his stuff. That was more interesting than when he's in the Avengers fighting alongside Thor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, agree. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Um, what about that Loki trailer? It looked all right. I mean, I really like Hiddleston a lot and yeah. my wife perked up at it. So, oh, yes. you know, we'll watch it. <laughs> he, he looks like he's having fun. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, it could be really uh, fun. Like, it's got that that wacky, like, over-the-top madness that is either going to be Legion amazing or Season 3 Legion not as good. 
Right, right. <laughs> and and it's hard to tell whether it's um it's kind of hard to tell whether it's uh timey wimey stuff or or multiversal stuff mm-hmm. or but it does look like he's going back just like the Avengers did and was, you know, effing about in the previous timeline. But you're also getting mm-hmm. the sense that you're seeing different versions of people too. So I I don't know. I think it's I I actually think that the most interesting thing in the whole deal was that the implication that he's a DB Cooper type, or or the yeah, actual DB Cooper, was, right? I think he, yeah, I think that was definitely implying that he was the like. There's got to be some time jump shenanigans going on, and that could be fun, where he's literally being kind of the the mischief god throughout time or something. Like that's that's fun. It's an idea that's pretty original for it. I interpreted that he was. <laughs> so I interpreted that he was on the plane on the tarmac in the Civil War scene, but I don't know if that was really what we were seeing. Okay. But either way, either way. I yeah. Mean, it's pretty great looking to me. I think it just looks super fun and and uh, and it just feels very Hiddleston-y. It feels very consistent with his character, and I like that. It looks feels good to me. Gives yeah. me hope. Um, Ms. Marvel got a featurette. Again, I just, I don't have a lot to say about it other than I just think it's really rad that it's a, um, cast of color with a director of color and a production team of color that are specifically, uh, linked to the background of this character. And it sounds like it's going to be the bones for telling a story that, that, um, people would relate to that they don't get to see in a lot of other projects. I think that's really exciting. It's not a half-assed... It's not a half. It's like a token thing. It seems very genuine, and I, it's just like I, uh, I, uh, Moon Knight is doing the same deal. I, I think it's, I think it's what we need, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want something interesting that I don't know a lot about. And if they're gonna make it legit and realistic and have that nuance, I think it's it's good for me, even as it's good for, you know, people of color that would relate to that character more. So yeah, totally. I think it's great. It's just too bad the character sucks. I know that everyone loves her, but ugh. Stretchy hands and getting big and whatever the hell. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like a 1990s character. It really power is. Level. <laughs> Here comes the the one star uh, iTunes reviews, buddy. Yeah, look at look at um, this new character from Generation X. <laughs> I know exactly right. So, did you see? I mean, there's only a blip of this, but they talked about um, uh, Ant Man three. They're going to call it Quantumania, which I thought was funny. And um, the actress Catherine Newton was cast as um, the older Scott um, Scott's older daughter when she's stature, I guess. And that's oh, an actress okay. that I've seen in other things. Most recently, I've seen her in Detective Pikachu, that stalwart film Oscar <laughs> contender. <laughs> but she's been in other stuff. She's been in some horror things, I think, and maybe I don't know whatever else. But she's been in stuff. But anyway, who cares? But it's happening and that's good because i like those yeah movies. yeah i mean i'll watch what's his face and pretty much anything so yes exactly right what about christian bale as gore the god killer in thor uh love and thunder yes i'm i'm yes. Oh, i'm totally down with that yeah that seems solid i'll tell you why i like, I like it christian especially bale. besides him that character is one of those wacky kirby type characters right it doesn't yes. look it doesn't look particularly human so that's good yeah. It's an yeah, opportunity I'm, for him to be really interesting. More Kirby on screen is 100% okay with me. The tiny bit of that we got with the last Thor was so great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but I, I also think that Bale will really have enjoy leaning into those prosthetics and that style if they go that route. 
yeah, I feel I like so he too. would enjoy burying himself in it in the way that we're seeing um, Colin Farrell bury himself in Penguin, for example. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I think that that's, I think it's intriguing. And I think that with the director that we have, it's going to be interesting. It won't be something cheesy, but uh, you know, who knows? And yeah. Sith you know, coming... I think superhero movies yeah. have become such a, like a, a safe institution at this point that I am all in on directors and actors trying something new, having a little bit of fun with the, with it all. Sure. Like, I just, I think it's such a better way to go than just safe, generic DC stuff. <laughs> I I agree. Well, and speaking of uh, um, characters that are new and taking risks, they're bringing back Sif, which is the opposite of that. But at least, you know, she was good and she was left out of the butchery of Ragnarok. So I guess that's... <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Also, and this was mostly something I think Mike would have gotten really excited about. He probably did. He's probably getting excited right now. But they <laughs> did announce an Ironheart series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And um, I'm not familiar with Dominique Thorne, who's the actress who was cast, but she looks good. She looks interesting. I'm not super familiar with Ironheart, except that it was during like that mutant island thing, and I was unclear oh, really? on all of that. Yeah. Me too. Now I read the I read her book for a while or the Iron Man that she was in for a while, but um, it it wasn't a character that super resonated for me, but I like that they exist. So mm-hmm. there you go. Well, and um, I I mean, what's his name's only going to be Iron Man for so long if he isn't done already. <laughs> yeah, he's done, and then he's done with his contract, and now they just pay him, uh, DB Cooper planes for all of cash to do each yeah. <laughs> additional they movies, just, right? They just, they're just they they're contractually obligated to de-age him for Christmas cards now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, they did acknowledge they're going to do the Fantastic Four. They gave a logo, and that proves mm-hmm. that, it's, that it exists. Yay. Um, continues to be something I'm intrigued by, even as, with the exception of, like, two creator runs, the comic is in- incredibly boring and the characters are lame. Um, yeah. But, some, but somehow I just want them to pull it off. I just don't know. I just got Maybe done be- editing the yeah. the Thune Theater you did for issue two of Tabletops and Tentacles, where you fan cast uh-huh. the Fantastic Four. I was just going to say, that's like, probably why I'm intrigued by it. <laughs> literally today, I just finished those pages. <laughs> and they were awesome. They're real. They're, yeah. Those are the pages you gave the foil, the foil full color treatment to, right? Yes, of course. Um, and then the, the rest Especially of the book is Especially if you got it in digital form. Sheets. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, there was another WandaVision trailer, which we mentioned. And again, it's whack. It's cockamamie and it's weird. And I love it. Um, yeah, they've had, they had a trailer for what if, um, yeah, you know, again, that's now that's, that's animated, right? What if, right. right. I like the idea of it. I don't know how I feel about the, like the nine different animation styles that they showed in the trailer. Like, yeah, that's the classic I, anthology problem, right? Yeah, it really is like that love and love death and robots series. Yeah, there are. I I really enjoyed it, but the haphazard nature of all of the different types of animation makes it less enjoyable for me. Agreed. I'm really excited about Haley at Haley Atwell. Is that right? I, I like Haley the Atwell, idea. Of, yeah, yeah. Her as Peggy Carter as the as the Captain America. Why can't I just have yeah. a live action version of that? Yeah, I would just watch a whole series of that. I agree. Um, there was another whole blip that was She-Hulk confirmation with um, Tatiana, which was odd. I think that's that was great so... casting. It is, and it was so odd that there was so much vehement denial. Like she was worried, was she worried yeah. she was going to lose her contract or something? Like yeah, it was that really was strange. Um, 
but also there were some other ones. These are those beeline leads that didn't even make it into the initial blast of stuff. But there's an Armor Wars series with with Cheadle as War Machine hmm. chasing down Stark Tech. There's an oh, I Am Brute series for kids. And there's a Secret Invasion series with Sam Jackson and Mendo as the Skrull. Like, what? Like, why That's wasn't that up in the A-list? Because that was, I mean... That's like a super fun thing coming off of Captain Marvel. I'm totally yeah, good. yeah. Um, and then I guess the last thing was there was this sort of this blur- this thing where Kevin Feige was talking about Spider-Man three and confirming certain things about it, and then saying that Doctor Strange two was going to connect, and then he did confirm Miss America Chavez is being introduced through Doctor Strange two, which <laughs> means they're leaning in again. Good that another character of color is. Uh, and and um, and not straight is coming to the Disney Marvel world, but also it means they're leaning into her later sort of cosmic f- writing, you know. And mm, I'm used to yeah, her true. as just being the character she was in the I don't know Teen Liberty or whatever they were called that when she was first introduced, Young Avengers yeah. stuff, and then and then she became this whole I don't know celestial type character. I don't know. Sounds to me that they'll lean that way. And I don't want I'm okay with that. I think. (laughs) Now, since we were so gushing about Marvel, let's let's gush equally um, with equal intensity at the DC stuff. Um, Batman got a new creative team on the comics. And the only reason I noted that was that it's exciting when they actually pull together uh, a team who produces work that I actually look at and think, you know, actually, this is something that I that I actually really interested in. And it's been so long since I felt like the design style of the character combined with the, the artists was something that I was really interested in. Um, yeah. Uh, Mariko Tamaki uh, is on it. And Dan Mora, who I've been following online for a long time, who's done a lot of the designs for future state and some other stuff. Dan Mora is an absolutely incredible artist mm-hmm. and I cannot get enough of his work. And so the idea that he's going to do an ongoing on Batman is the first time in years that I felt like, well, you know, I might read a Batman book. Yeah, no, I agree. There's been a few of those guys recently that I was like, oh, I'd probably pick up a trade of that and read it. But this is something where I'm like, oh, I would like, I wish I had a comic shop in town still that I could pick that up monthly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish that <laughs> civilization existed. Yeah, really. <clears throat> well, and, sim- and similarly, they made another good choice, which was, um, I mean, relatively good. Uh, that um, they revealed the Superman suit for Superman and Lois Lane. And while the actor continues to be an interesting guy to watch, but not an, but a really bizarre choice for Superman, in my view, mm-hmm. it's the cleanest Superman suit we've seen in a long time. It still it has micro text. Nice. It has micro texture, but it's just mm-hmm. not his last suit when he showed up in, uh, when he showed up in, was it Supergirl? It had those, so. that weird, yeah, he had this weird thing where there's these big red bands of metal that would come around his clavicles, and then it would create the backbone for the cape that would fly off, but then he had the really awkward exposed neck and traps, and it just yeah. was such an awkward design to me. So when I saw this, I thought from a design standpoint, at least they're going in a direction that I could appreciate, and I said, look, DC is starting to make some good choices. I'm feeling better about the DC WB world. Um, you know, maybe I have, maybe I've been too harsh on them in recent months. 
I, I haven't watched much of it, so I can't say too much, but I do like the look of it. And so far, most of their casting choices that they've made for those shows have been things I agree with. I've just never really gotten into them for some reason. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just can't. It's so, it's so low on my list. I just can't. But so at the same time, though, and I, what I was leading into was that uh, then they made a series of or released information about a series of choices I was not thrilled about. Uh, namely, for example, they're going to launch. They're trying to do a Plastic Man female. <laughs> Just so weird. Which I'm not decrying because, you know, oh, PC, why are they changing the gender? I love when they do that. But mm-hmm. Plastic Man? Plastic Man, first yeah. of all, doesn't need a movie in the modern era. We don't need that. But also, making Plastic Man a woman sounds to me like a room full of male executives came up with that idea. Yeah, yeah. It's are, are, like, are they literally, are they going to call it Plastic Woman? Like, that is an awful well, name. <laughs> my concern is that costume, first of all. And then this is going to be a lot of her bending over and then turning into a tank. You know, it's like never. Right, mind. right. I like, don't it's think this so... is what the world needs. It, it sounds awful. Like, the only way I could hear that working is if it was some, like, super whacked out, like, crazy right. cartoon or something. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, literally a claymation series. I would be okay with that. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. That is a, like they're doing with MODOK. You're right. And I was yeah. going to say, when I, when I first read the headline, I was convinced it was going to be a Teen Titans Go type of spinoff. Mm-hmm. And then it, it very much was not. Um, and then the other thing was... Uh, the other thing I noted was that um, Joe uh, Manganiello has been talking up the Bat Batflex script and what it was going to mm-hmm. be before it wasn't, and he talks about how it was going to be a lot like the game, which was a movie by David Fincher that I really enjoyed at the time. Oh, yeah. And in that, in that, Deathstroke was systematically destroying Batman's life. Hmm. Someone, I would someone have been totally smart okay and savvy, with that. and yeah strategic and 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 uh long game style as wayne deconstructing his life with the intent to ruin his life and we've seen that in comics a million times in different ways but in film you don't see that a lot in superhero comp superhero adaptations that would have been rad right one by one killing off people and undoing his legacy and ruining him and to me that was also a way to play up a certain component we lost when the Nolan verse Joker was gone. Mm-hmm. Someone who's who could put all of their attention on undermining or challenging him or putting him into Sophie's Choice environments like that. Yeah. But whereas, but whereas Joker was like, I want to prove to you, just because fundamentally it bothers me that you think you're better, I'm going to prove to you <laughs> that I can put you in impossible situations and you're screwed. This sounds like I'm going to just simply destroy you because out of revenge, but I'm going to really destroy you. And I think that's a, I think that's a, an intriguing thing to do to someone who's such a Mary Sue as Bruce Wayne slash Batman is in the movies, right? Yeah, totally. And we're not going to get it. No, of course not. Because we, we need the, re, the, the same movie that they've already put out with, with Batfleck in it. Of course. So, and then we have what was the really big reveal of stuff that happened at the time of this board meeting which was that oh by the way even though kennedy said that star wars was cooling its jets for a few years (laughs) right actually what they meant was on top of all the interesting disney plus stuff that they've been doing they're also going to do 50 other things 
Yeah, it's crazy. And as a star as a Star Wars guy though, I can't say that it was bothering me, but I was also like, what? <laughs> like Yeah. It really. almost felt like it almost felt like they were pinning like making a Pinterest board of all the fan ideas for things or those like rumor sites that don't mean anything and saying, yeah, sure, sure. Because they don't have any, like what's the investment problem here? Like, yeah, sure. I'll pre-production that. I'll, I'll right, give some yeah. money to that. Who cares? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like everything. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a tough thing for me because like pretty much everything they announced I'm into but at the same time, I'm like, man, if there's more than one show a week that's a Star Wars series oh, on Disney yeah. Plus, it's gonna be overkill. And I, I think I, I'd like to think that they're smart enough to not do that and to just stretch it out so that every week you've got something to watch the Star Wars related, whether it's Mandalorian or Ahsoka or Bad Batch or something. But right. it just feels like an awful lot of friggin' Star Wars. I was feeling when they were sh when they were clearly pushing to do spinoffs of Mandalorian, and granted, we need to talk more about Mando later with 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 Mike and such. But mm -hmm. and the, Mando's season two has been great, but it does uh, it does no doubt feel like it's in service for setting up other things. And if you're okay yeah. with the idea that everything in Star Wars is connected and is allowed to build on itself in the way that most of the Marvel stuff did, right. that's fine. I was someone who also really liked Mando just being Mando, so I was also okay with... I would have been just as happy with them just starting those things entirely outside of Mandalorian, and it would have worked just as well. But Agreed. it's fine. But I was seeing it like they were going to do it the HBO model, right? Where Mando mm -hmm. would end, and then a few like a month later, Ahsoka would start, and then Ahsoka would end, and a month later, the next one would start. And I'm and I've yet to figure out whether that's what's happening with all the Disney Plus stuff that they've they've talked about. They're even the Marvel. Stuff. They're worse than Netflix about announcing actual release dates on things. It drives me crazy. I agree. Um, I think actually one of the most exciting things I read about in this last few weeks regarding all of the Star Wars stuff coming out is the most obscure, probably. But there's a documentary coming out on the Star Wars Holiday Special, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's the kind of thing that I'm going to be like. Don't bother me. <laughs> Give me my chilled <laughs> glass of Chardonnay. I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> you know, that yeah, sounds like an that, afternoon. That as far as I'm concerned, pretty fun. Did you watch like, the I, the Lego holiday special? I did not, and I don't even know. It's if pretty fun. Figured it out. I, I will. I'm gonna watch it with them. But the thing I is, think I haven't you, I even seen the original it. one. I haven't seen the original holiday special. I've seen everything about really? it a million times. I've never actually Madness. sat through it. I'm mortified. Well, at the time, Man. it was not available. It was never. Yeah, available. that's true. You had to find it from like a black market VHS in the back of a comic shop somewhere where back in the days when Stan Lee would be hanging out signing autographs for free in somebody's oh, yeah, right. like garage or something. Well, and also, I mean, I remember when I was younger, there was some point in my life where I thought it was a hoax, right? Like it just didn't seem That's real. That's true. Yeah. Um, by the time that Star Wars had some legitimacy, it didn't feel like that could have ever happened. <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> right. like if someone were to tell you and in 1993 no let's see i don't know like no let's say 1987 or something if someone were to tell you that splinter in the mind's eye was a thing <laughs> you would have been like surely not what? no way <laughs> that's madness <laughs> um i also watched you know i'm i'm notoriously bad about watching uh like youtube videos that are of any length i just don't have time but i i managed to watch about 40 minutes of a great um piece on how editing saved star wars and it was incredibly mundane and technical 
because it's about editing. <laughs> but even yeah, the editing I of this must have been mundane. Clicked over to the link to that, but I did not watch it. <laughs> but as but the part of my I mean, I'm not an editor and I could use mm -hmm. one, but I'm also like, you know, like I have nothing to do with any of that. And it's not it's dry material. It's really exhausting. It's like looking mm -hmm. at this, like they move this scene this way and this scene that way. And you look what they did and they change this and they mirrored that. Look what they did. It's a huge thing. It's a big deal about how movies manifest into good or bad. I totally understand that. To me, the fascinating part was as a creator. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to watch the sausage making even at that level because you and I are editing our work and other people's work and making choices about when things happen and what you cut out and what you change. But you, but you but then you get divorced from doing it yourself on your own stuff and you watch the nuance of how much they had to chop up to make New Hope work. And it's right. fascinating. It's really interesting. Um, especially because they line up what Lucas was trying to do and then what the editing team inverted his wife at the time and so forth. You know, mm -hmm. it's they saved Star Wars from Lucas in no small way by the editing. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so the Ahsoka spinoff was, was confirmed, which is not really a surprise, Woo! but good news, I guess. Sure, I like it. I'm super um, down and, that. Yeah, I'm really hoping that and, it's, it's the, the whole looking for Ezra thing. I really do, too. Uh, people are still holding out that they think there's going to be a Ezra Thrawn series, but I don't think it needs to be. I think this I is think so the way in. Yeah, I think her they just need to asking, spin it into it. That's exactly right because the way they brought her into Rebels specifically was connected to that, and I think that that's mm. the word. I think that's the meat that it needs, um, and it also gives yeah, it a chance a... to breathe. Go ahead. I I do think it's kind of I kind of wish they weren't calling it Ahsoka. So that it was easier mm -hmm. to spin it into just live action rebels. <laughs> well, yeah. To to be fair, I think that's true. But also, yes, I agree. But I think I I hope that this is the one that they go big on and let her jump around and really interweave with a lot of characters that we've seen in the other series, whole, just full bore, which mm. would free would free up Mando to be more more its own entity again. Yeah. Right? Like, if she pulls Bo-Katan and all them in her aura, like, if all mm -hmm. of that, and maybe that becomes its own story, I don't know. But if they can get, I like that he touched those things, and he's being used as that narrative device to sort of stitch this stuff together. But yeah, we're already seeing he's going back, and we're seeing him go back and retread and revisit characters that he's experienced before and crew that he can rely on. I really don't want to see, necessarily, a Mando that continues on that's just continually him you know, well, and now we're going to go back and meet Bo-Katan again. And yeah. now we're going to go back and see Ahsoka again. Gotta I get want the him band to continue back together. Yeah, yeah, I want to see him continue to open up new, new, non-new <laughs> levels of street-level street, street level Star Wars. I want more action, more of my old action figures to show up mm -hmm. and and less of the big the bigger continuity, I think. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that people were kind of surprised by, I was surprised by, was that the New Republic is getting a live-action spinoff. And yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting to me because they made such. Um, how are they going to how are they going to diversify that from the stuff that we're talking about with Ahsoka? Right. Like, what are they going to do? What's the construct that they're going to build off of to show the the burden and starting to uh, overextend and collapse of the New Republic? There's got to be like, what characters are they going to use there? They've introduced mm -hmm. a few. But mm -hmm. there are characters in uh, Aftermath that I think they're probably going to pull in. I feel like from the books and stuff, that's the most likely candidate. 
I do wonder if that series may have been what happened when Cara Dune could no longer have her own series. It's a really good, that's a really good point. I wonder that as well. I really Where do. they're like, and okay, in fact, maybe none of we'll the... just have her show up in it, but maybe more of an anthology type thing. Uh, we'll, we'll make this work. We'll make it work. I mean, it's certainly bigger than her character. Her character is mm-hmm. really neat. I like her character, but I do too. Um, it, I, it is telling that she is absolutely mentioned zero times in all of the yeah. material for the next stuff. So, yeah. Um, it, and in fact, in the bigger picture, again, d- divorcing yourself from knowing about her politics, if you never saw Cara Dune again, I don't know that there would be a black hole saying, well, what happened to Cara Dune, right? She's yeah. a sheriff on Tatooine now. Who cares, right? Like, it's, But they did make it a point of making her like a actual like soldier of the New Republic kind of thing. And so yeah. it would be interesting if beyond this last episode of Mando, if that's where they went with it. It's going to be like one of those really weird green screen, green screen overdubs where she just gets decapitated. They're like, wait, I don't think that was normal. She's still talking in the edit. I can see it. Wait a minute. <laughs> then we got, then we had the, um, then we had this like spit out of stuff that I was really into. They had gave a little bit more um, production material on, on a casting and or series. And you know, I'm a hundred percent down with that. Um, they pr- yeah, they showed really us curious. no K, no K2SO, but what it did do is it allowed for some of the, concept artists and production designers to start releasing teeny little bits and pieces of their work only in the context of saying in the you know in the snippets of new material you saw in that mont in that montage you know they're pulling from these these pieces that i did right and that gives Mm -hmm. you that hint and then they did that production scene where you're showing them building aliens and whatever and talking about the scope of the of the production and yeah it was all the fuel that i needed it was the power pellets that i was like num 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 (laughs) it's gonna be good and then and then the other thing that i i think has been received well on twitter but i've heard controversial not controversially but mixed opinions about from humans is uh the obi-wan series confirming that vader's gonna be in it what do you think i don't know i'm I'm torn about that because they, I mean, they've kind of, the Obi-Wan thing, I'm 100% down with watching Ewan McGregor play Obi-Wan. And I think like that in and of itself excites me more than a lot of other Star Wars stuff. But we've established that Obi-Wan literally just hangs out on Tatooine for like 25 years watching a farm boy grow up in a non-creepy way. And Sort sort of. And it's... I don't know where they're going to go with that without him gallivanting around the galaxy and having interactions with things. It just, I don't know, man. So here's what I, here's what I think happened. I think that because the, you know, the Obi-Wan thing was a movie at one point and then it was a series Mm -hmm. and and then it was stalled because of creative differences thing. And I think that it was originally going to be him wandering around tattooing, being a very lone wolf and cub kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that they cannibalized it so badly for Mando. Yeah, I think so too. And it worked I so well. Completely. I think that they said there's no way of doing Obi-Wan protecting a baby Luke when... Cause if That's it was... literally what this is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if, 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 Luke's in the, if Luke is in the... Um, if Luke is in the compound or in the, in the, in the hut or whatever, and he's just skirt, sl- sulking around shooting uh, sand people, that's not enough story. If he ne- if the person never knows they have a guardian angel, you know, okay, 
there's a way to do that creatively, but that's not enough for a whole series. It would be kind of boring. Right. He would have, they would have had to have done the lone wolf and cub deal. And since Mando not only did that with baby, Yo- uh, sorry, Grogu, but also <laughs> we had a lot of Tatooine, like a mm-hmm. lot. And even when it wasn't Tatooine, we had a lot of Southern California. So the uh-huh. bottom line is, yeah, I think we, I think we burned that bridge a little bit. And so I have a feeling that they basically said, you know, how about we just go, who says we can't, who says the prequel ended that story? Yeah. Why can't, I mean, they, they brought Vader into the cartoons and expanded on some of the complexity of his issues, adapting to his new life and dealing with the emperor and growing into this role. I think this is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and of course we've seen some really rad stuff with Obi-Wan in, in the cartoons as well. Yeah. I think this would be a really great opportunity. I think I, when, the more, when they actually revealed it, I thought to myself, my God, you know, Maybe we're gonna get, maybe we're gonna get a. I love that he came. Christian Haydenson came back, and maybe we're gonna get a, a time when he's still adapting to this, and he's more willing to be pulling. As much as I hate pulling off the helmet tricks, maybe mm-hmm. we're gonna see a lot more of the the half cyborg halfway into full Vader, hmm. where he's just full tilt, and he's on, yeah. a, maybe, and he's on, a, on, a, and he's, or maybe he is all Vader, and he's on a hell bent. Uh, hunt to find obi-wan kenobi and listen that's a great way of bringing in live action inquisitors right so yeah I'm all for it i yeah frankly, i mean yeah. that that breaks the canon that that vader doesn't think obi-wan's alive but that would be interesting how do we know for sure that he doesn't think obi-wan's alive well he references something about it in the original like in a new hope well they do a lot of hand waving around things that are said in the new hope i mean there's there's the the things about the force and the concept of obi-wan um sacrificing himself to be a force ghost maybe could fill the grand canyon that went beyond what was in the new hope it wasn't didn't even exist yet but i mean he says things like oh my god it's you know like he acknowledges shock that it's him but that shock is him at that age that -hmm. doesn't mean that he didn't spend a good chunk of that early push when his sole purpose was to hunt down jedi True. Hunting down Obi Wan, or hunting down the evidence or the threads that Obi Wan might exist, and Obi Wan trying to stay ahead of him and off of his trail. Right? I don't know. Yeah. What I think is that Haydenson is a much better actor, and he's more charismatic than he ever got to be. Hayden in... Christensen. Yep. What did I say? Yeah. You said yeah. Haydenson. Hay- Hay- <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. But my point is, I think Christian that, Haydenson. I think his... Yeah. Yeah, that guy. I think that. Um, <laughs> He was uncharismatic as Anakin, and then, and then he had terrible writing. And I think even if he was a very damaged, even if he's all Vader, I think mm-hmm. that it's a great opportunity for him to do something within this franchise that uh, that speaks to his strengths a little bit more than it did. Yeah, no, I agree. So I'm definitely on the on the side of yay on the Obi Wan and Vader thing. <laughs> so I what about am... Bad Batch? I'm all in on Bad Batch. I think it looks really? great. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your it's more answer? Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, but oh man, I just can't get over the fact that they mute that they made them just all look a bunch of different ways and action heroes and stuff, and that's it. I I can't. I I understand skill sets being and uh, affectation being or um, you know, um, emphasis in that in natural um, attributes for certain things to be mutations but the fact mm-hmm. that they all look different than tamara morrison 
is something that really bothered me when they released the original Bad Batch. If they had all just been clones, but very mm-hmm. diverse in their abilities and their personalities, that would have been enough for me. Because we already had an edge of that already in Clone Wars, right? The clones that mm-hmm. basically walked away. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm all for it because it exists and it's going to be fun to watch. I just really, I'm still being a, hank, a cantankerous old man that I just wish they didn't look like... 80s action heroes of all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> they I are all characters saying. from 80s action movies, is what they are. Yeah. I, and they should have been all the same clone. I I mean, I do think they look pretty similar facial feature-wise. They're just built differently. But I get what you're saying. I'm super down with it, though. I'm, I'll enjoy it. I'm just, being, I'm just being cranky about it. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're allowed to be cranky. I just, considering you spent seven years trying to talk to me about Clone Wars, for you to complain about more Clone Wars is very strange <laughs> to me. Well, I thought you would enjoy that because I'm a complicated man. That's why. <laughs> You've got layers. <laughs> I've got layers. Um, we've got more Mando coming. We've got Acolytes. Okay. Visions, which is another. Dro- There's a droid sequel coming out. I thought you'd be excited about that. Yeah, what is that? A cartoon like, about droids. Is it a cartoon? I, I yeah, I think it's going to be the same. Like, I think it's going to be a, probably more quick Valkusian, but I think it's going to be, or stylized, you know, very stylized. I don't think it's going to be mm-hmm. like trying to remake the old droids cartoon, but it's going to be a goofy, a goofy droids cartoon. <sighs> oh, well. I mean, kids will like it. <laughs> well, it's if there's nothing else that you took away from watching all of Clone Wars over the course of. 800 breakfasts it's that we need more Mm -hmm. droid centric episodes right yes yes the droid (laughs) episodes were 100 percent the best episodes that's for sure (laughs) all astromechs are are 100 heroic i had no idea yeah right (laughs) um you know i didn't really like star wars resistance which is that cell shade two or three season one that i haven't watched any of it yeah, it it it, le- it leans too in- it leans too young, but then mm-hmm. the style is awkward because it's so it's cell shaded, but it's weird. But the one of the things that I do like because um, BB-8 is on it for a while, but then he's not because Poe is there. But the BB-9E or the BB-8, there's one of those on the <laughs> station, and so once they leaned into that, I was like, awesome because he's always that guy. He's rolling around and stops and swivels and then catches them, and it's like shit. So, interesting in that sense i'm happy and then i think probably the most interesting star wars news other than the holiday special doc was that patty jenkins revealed that she's doing a squadrons movie yeah that looks pretty awesome i think of anyone to do that i think she's a great pick for that and what about that reveal as the daughter of an air force pilot or whatever to do that thing where she's walking out on the tarmac taking off her clothes pulling on the gear and putting the helmet on. I mean, what is they really, I thought they it really was put some effort into I it. I thought it was really fun. I do think it was really funny the way they shot it in the, the opening part where she's like just kind of gyrating. You only see her from like the shoulders up and it's clear that she's like <laughs> taking off her pants while she's talking. And I'm like, did they <laughs> give her like one take for this? What is going on here? <laughs> I, but... I thought, I, I thought it's like Patty Jenkins is a big deal now. This is all they get from her, you know? Yeah, but, um, really. She's like, all right, but I have to change my clothes while we record this. So <laughs> I haven't read those. I haven't read that book and I haven't played that game yet. Um, but I will say that uh, 
just the very concept of it i'm happy about and patty jenkins yeah. i'm happy about and her doing it i'm happy about so i'm good agreed they also uh confirmed that Taika is filming his movie and his, i'm 100 his crazy down with that. logo though yeah <laughs> i love it doesn't 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 it look like it's gonna be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> They're just I, like, I, look, if you want to do it, we'll we'll give you all the money and you do whatever you want. And he's like, jolly good. <laughs> First of all, that's Banga. not what he says. That's that's racist. <laughs> and second of all, I was referencing something well before you were born, and I realize it now. And now I feel like Every... I should just go eat my eat my mush and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the cartoons of the educational cartoons of my youth. Like after school oh, specials and I'm like, just a bill. <laughs> yes, yes. It has that animation style of the seventies. It's like straight out of the electric company. Yeah, totally. Uh, what we're what we're talking about is a Star Wars logo, but it's 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 got rock in it and like it's disproportionately perspective wrong and it's got color in it. It's nah. it's very yeah. take away titty. <laughs> it really doesn't matter, right? What it is. Just, right. just do it. Oh, uh, related to Taika Waititi, this is just something that pisses me off still. Another one of my cranky things. I'm really annoyed that Mando has... I love that they've reused things. I love that they're being accurate about um, what we've seen of Tatooine. But it continues to bother me that the Mos Eisley Cantina has a bar full of IG-88 reconstituted heads. Because they're not IG-88 heads in continuity. It was just a part, <laughs> but like, yeah. it drives me nuts every time I see it because I'm like, you can't do this. <laughs> there was there was some little. I think it. Who was it that did the voice of that bartender? There was some sort of little in trivia on that, but I can't recall what it was now. The, the robot or the human bartender on the the uh, robot the bartender. On. I don't remember. The human bartender in the first episode was. It's Dan from Deadwood. Which is a great oh yeah circle back to, uh, yeah. to Timothy Elephant. So um, one I ne I didn't see it one bit in the episode, and then I read it, and I'm like, what? And then I went and looked, <laughs> and then I saw it, and it's Dan in makeup, and I'm like, what? So that's that's what awesome. <laughs> hey, I have a few miscellaneous items too. You want to talk about miscellaneous items? Sure. The last time we recorded that you haven't heard because I haven't even released it, we were talking about the WB releasing all their stuff and. And how it was kind of a shock. Um, mm -hmm. And then I remember we even talked about like, well, it's interesting that no one's like, that seems like something that the producers and the directors and everyone involved in all those big pictures would have a, have a comment about. It's amazing that they've kept it under wraps and then revealed this bombshell once again, like a lot of the Disney stuff. How did this happen without us knowing that this was happening? Right. How did mm -hmm. this reveal happen? Right. Well, <laughs> apparently a lot of these guys did not get any warning. And I have to assume that Warner Brothers assumed that everyone would toe the line because they want to keep making movies. And mm -hmm. that's not happening with some of them because Nolan went from being on the one wrong end of this debacle with Tenet and that experiment to now <laughs> that goodwill is undermined because then he turns around and says they went from being the boldest risk takers to be the ones uh, putting our material on the worst streaming service. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Is that, that that's what that is, man? That cracked me up. And then uh, yeah. and then also, uh, uh, Denny Villeneuve came out swinging hard on Dune. Oh yeah, did you read that? He was like, "This mm -mm. is the best best thing I've ever done. It's the most involved thing I've ever done. It's supposed to set up a whole 
franchise not only for dune but set a new standard for how you can make these sweeping epics that aren't star wars and and make them that scale and you're gonna put it on hbo max like he was uh, he was deep he was in that like french deeply offended <laughs> and he's a mm-hmm. mild guy he's a pretty mild guy in an interview and he's and he's very measured in his delivery of it and he's offended <laughs> huh. so yeah he, he got the late night email i guess well actually yeah, some people so. were saying I don't remember who, but some creators were saying that they found out about it during the reveal. Hmm. Like it was the news that told them. That's crazy. That's how the current administration uh, fires people. <laughs> so yeah, really. Um. So that's not great, but uh, I really hope it works. I'm glad, just as someone who is probably still going to be at home, that I'll be able mm-hmm. to see a thing. I I certainly wouldn't have minded if they kept if the if theaters could physically exist. I wouldn't have minded if they stayed out of them until. If we just held out until 2022 and pretended that this yeah. never happened. Yeah, but unfortunately. Not, I don't blame them. Yeah. I, they got to do what they got to do as far as that's concerned. <laughs> For sure. Um, speaking of stuff that was like beeline under the radar, no one talked about it. And I was like, what? Uh, Baymax has a series. Zootopia has a new series. Hmm. Ench- Enchanted's got a sequel coming out, which is actually good news because she was, Amy Adams was like amazing in Enchanted. What a great movie that was moana yeah. and T- tiana have sequels like uh you know um disney plus series sequel. Hmm. car okay cars that. has one cars has one weird uh, up has one uh what? it's like at, at some point i was like wait a minute i feel like i'm I, I wrote in my notes here that i felt like i'm walking oh you know there's even a as i was reading it there was an a sidebar article on io9 talking about the first trailer for the new walker texas ranger yeah i saw that your your, ba- your buddy uh what's his name jaden or what's his name judd jaden judd what's his name judd. from uh supernatural oh supernatural judd? Guy. yeah yeah he's yeah. Ta- walker texas Ranger. so i'm reading that i see that <laughs> ad and i'm like i had this jared, moment. that's his name jared i had this I had this cognitive dissonance where I was like, am I looking at the alternate reality? I mean, have I slipped a timeline, right? And am I looking at the normal sequence of things that are happening in an alternate reality? Because it's felt that way. That is so bizarre. Chris Pine is doing a D and D movie. (laughs) The samurai, the samurai miniseries from the, from eight, from the eighties is going to be an ongoing. What? I mean, a lot of this stuff is like, dude, like, like, who wrote this down, right? Like, what yeah. executives, what were they doing? They went to Vale and they did that those pitch meetings, and then they just said yes <laughs> to everything, right? They're doing... <laughs> right. Dude, Ben Affleck is doing a Harry Houdini biography and is going to star is in it. so weird. They Now, technically, he may not be Houdini. If they're smart, right. he won't be Houdini. He'll be the guy behind Houdini, the secret producer that you never knew about. But, I mean, like, what the <laughs> hell, man? You Two Houdinis equals one Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, that's Not weird, talent, man. But in size, and then uh, and then they even <laughs> yeah. and also they said they said Indy Five is still going to happen and it's still going to be Harrison Ford and no one's ever going to be another Indy and never going to be replaced. And at the rate that this happening, they claim that it's going to hit theaters in 2022, which seems unlikely since they haven't filmed it. But also, yeah. Harrison Ford will be 99 maybe at that time. Sean Connery's <laughs> already dead. I mean, like, how's yeah, this even going to really? happen? chris evans is doing a buzz lightyear show what i'm pretty i i would love it if that's like 
like the Buzz Lightyear that the toys are based off of. So it's like legitimately like old timey, pulpy sci-fi. Like I would be a hundred percent down with that. I don't know if it's going to be old timey, pulpy, but I think it's definitely this is the guy or the series that the toy is based on. Which means it's going to have some. I think it'll have some whimsy, and I think that um, I think that um, Evans would have fun doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but weird. We also had some bad news, but again, it's the season of life, but Corbin died. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. No more water brushed, uh, biceps for us. Yeah. Anymore. He's long gone. And also, um, who else died? Someone else died. It was, um, so many people. <laughs> oh, t- uh, tiny Lister Jr. Who's equally as yeah. well known. Yeah. Zeus. Well, he- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he will always be, he will always, he will always be the ineffectual uh, president in Fifth Element, with my, one of my favorite lines in the entire movie, where he just says, "I have a doubt." <laughs> <laughs> if you can, if you feel, if you feel the joy I have, you understand that that continues to be. It's one of those little moments that I go back to yeah. all the time in my mind. <laughs> the kids say things to me like, "I did my chores," and I say, "I have a doubt." I mean, it happens all the time. <laughs> Although in his later life, his his weird eye his weird eye damage got a lot worse. Like I saw one of the photos. Yeah, I noticed from a couple that. years yeah. ago. Yeah, he was kind of messed up. But hey, then again, he was a boxer, so. Yeah, and a wrestler, and those '80s yeah. wrestlers, man, they were they were nuts. They were no joke. Um, Disney's yeah. putting Maya and the Last Dragon on streaming, which I think that is looks really good interesting. Thing. I hadn't heard anything about that, but it looks pretty cool. It's kind of been a little bit of a of, of a of a. I don't know a dark horse or whatever, but I think it's it looks fascinating. Yeah, um, I love the design style and the content of it, and I just like when they, I like when they dip into um, other cultural stories. And while they do tend to put their foot in it in some ways, like when Mulan <laughs> they shot it in the wrong place, yeah. I, I do I do like when they make the effort. So this looks pretty good, and also we've had a number of Disney animated movies where the protagonist wasn't your standard Disney princess or prince mm-hmm. and wasn't a little waspy white girl and was something very different and i like that i like that when we see them continue that tradition i think it's very important today i agree for the new disney to me um mm-hmm. also in the subject of alternate reality what's even happening they're remaking buck rogers and okay. brian k vaughn is going to write it oh i'm okay with that which is which is a thing i don't know they're hmm. remaking true blood but why i don't know oh, just that's so inexplicable to me I so mean, weird. um, the uh, gosh, I mean, even another one, sort of like Plastic Man, they're gonna make us a, a female Zorro. Robert Rodriguez is doing it, and I thought, okay, that'll be rad. And then I read mm-hmm. that it's gonna be modern day, and I'm like, eh, that's not gonna be so which bad. makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's so that's, like weird. That's Sofia Vergara wants to be in it, and she doesn't want to be in corsets what that is i see and i i love her but that's a strange choice just purely from a longevity uh -uh. standpoint (laughs) agreed and also she she proved herself to be such a good comedic uh actress in 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 her in that show that i can't i don't think i can see her in this role yeah yeah it would be really strange i mean i'd be okay with her Um, being in it but not the main character, I think that would be interesting. Sure, yeah, I maybe that. the Zoro's mom. <laughs> Zoro's mom, obviously, mom of Zorro. that's what she wants. That's what she wants to do. 
exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just such a weird time. I mean, we had such a data dump, but it really mm-hmm. did feel like it really did feel like it was an alternate universe and time was going backwards. Yeah. And I liked most of the projects we heard about, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I, it just, I mean, I, uh, I guess it's, it's fitting that we end the, the, the segment on another show that is uh, blatantly unapologetically built upon the bones of nostalgic shows that we love, just stranger things. They triple down and uh, brought Robert England in for Stranger Things season four. And I mean, that's like, yeah, I saw that. Please, please do. I mean, like, what are you going to say to that? Like, and of course you did, you know, I mean, that, that should be super fun. Yeah. I mean, I listen, the world needs more Robert England. And I think it's been a tragedy. He didn't do more things after the stuff that he did. Yeah. He was, yeah, has he been behind the camera though, too? I, you know, honestly, I don't think he's done a lot either. Either way, it's it's really strange to me. I don't know if he just sits on a lot of residuals for that or what, but it's. And can there really be a, a lot of residuals like, for that though? I have no idea, honestly. I yeah. the the amount of money they they made off of that Nightmare on Elm Street box set that they put out this year, I'm I'm sure he gets a cut of that, but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. In the 80s and the 90s, for the most part, with very few exceptions stars had no say they got no bite out of it and then even when they got those deals where they got a percentage of profits they get nothing they still that's still infamous it happens today the movies somehow pencil out to having no profit right i mean you know the the thing is is he's been in 167 things oh my god it's just all like like smaller b movie type things but yeah the only thing he's directed was a couple episodes of friday's nightmare and something called killer pad (laughs) which doesn't uh um yeah it's like a it looks awful robot (laughs) the less said about that the better Uh, (laughs) no it's a haunted house in the hollywood hills (laughs) so my mind immediately assumed that it was like uh like that one where the hand had just had become was that one where the hand came apart and was chasing seth green around or whatever oh um idle hands idle hands so i assumed that Robert England uh, uh, directing Haunted Pad would be a haunted, like, female feminine napkin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like the tra- that's the trauma solution to that? It really is. Pitch, right? Seems like something James Gunn would have directed back in the early <laughs> days or something. Has, has to delete all his, delete all his Twitters, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just, we've been in such a desert of culture and a desert of as nerds things to look forward to for so Mm -hmm. long in this pandemic that all of these things happening all at once was very enjoyable in a way that we haven't i didn't expect to happen yeah it's like they're they're like let's wait until after the election and then let's just dump all of this good news that we have (laughs) i mean you're right the timing of that is really specific i mean they they didn't wait for the electoral college but they came damn near close to it right Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that it's the, it's the it's the chair, shareholders meeting, right? I get it. Right. But still, like all of a sudden, and it's not just them. It's like it, I don't know if this is just a thing, and we're being dumb. And every year at the end of the Q four, they start talking about the next thing. Maybe that's what happens. But this year, for some reason, since time is meaningless, it just seemed like out of the <laughs> void. Yeah. Alternate reality. All these projects have just occurred. <laughs> and also, like we said about the 
the thing about the news cycle that we can't nothing can happen without us knowing why netflix doing stranger things for example season one came out of nowhere we were like how did they film this without anybody knowing that they were doing it right in right. our in our society today how did half of these things get greenlit to the point where they were going to release the information about it and we didn't know about it for all the it's things that crazy. were rumors there's stuff in here the beelines the sort of the beat the beeline stuff i was saying like mm-hmm. how like we, we didn't hear boo about that right yeah so, it's crazy I don't know. It, it's weird i'm not going to look at the gift horse in the mouth even though none of this actually exists yet but i'm <laughs> cautious, right. cautiously optimistic that it'll be good and now let us take one moment for some unique and desirable advertising content about things you like so as one of our 333 loyal listeners, or 333,000 loyal algorithm-based listeners, you may have noticed that uh, Chris of Deeply Dapper joined us this episode for the first time in a while. He's been very busy on a lot of things happening, and chief among them is finishing up the latest product deliverable for his Patreon. And I want to talk briefly about that and encourage you to join and participate so if you go to patreon.com and search for tabletops and tentacles you will find a sweet sweet opportunity to read an old school magazine like you used to read when you were younger or you heard about from like old uncles and stuff of my age who talk about the good old days when they read paper things but anyway it's a sweet magazine it's a compilation of a lot of different content from different guest creators as well as regular creators. Even a little something-something from your old friend, Wrong Rocket. Uh, if you like games, and you like comics, and you like fantasy, and you like creating, I think you're going to love it. These magazines are jam-packed and available to you as a Patreon subscriber. So go to Tabletops and Tentacles and join now. Issue number two has just been released, and it is packed absolutely packed with good stuff so there you go do it today see that wasn't painful at all now let us return to the number one good robot crack and podcast verse. so mr chris so here's my question for yes. you do you have uh plundering planned or do you have recommendations of a rum-fueled manner or both and if so which do you want to talk about i have all of the above although my okay. plundering that is planned is it's the, 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 I can't talk all of a sudden. <laughs> ask, ask me that again, Tom. <laughs> I plan to plunder the thesaurus. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> all right, so plan plundering. What do, what do you plan to plunder? I just started on Netflix. There's a documentary called High Score. Oh, yeah. And it is sort of a history of the console video game. Although I guess it covers some computer games, too. Um, and it's, um, I've only seen the first of six episodes, but it's been really fun. It's, it's a little inconsistent. Um, and it's obviously very light and fluffy as far as what it covers, but it's been kind of neat because they, they really do interview some of the big names behind some of this. Like they talked to the guy that designed the ET Atari game and that kind of thing. So it's, that's a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's been a fun little series. It's it's great, kind of light, fluffy pre-holiday watching. Excellent. Now, um, are you watching that as a dovetail into your ongoing series about console games that you've been doing? 
or not related? Uh, no, it just kind of happened to show up on my Netflix recommendations while I was folding Christmas cards. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, well, I'll watch this. I know. Uh, you... Yeah, over on the Tabletops and Tentacles podcast, my brother and I are recording kind of our games of our childhood top 10 for each different console session and it's been curtailed due to quarantine right now but no this was just sort of completely alternate side to that we did our christmas kickstarter and i had 800 cards to fold and was like well i need to find something on netflix to watch and it was yeah. the first thing it suggested so <laughs> in my house when i want to do art um i have doris watch the um the ongoing spectacle which is the um uh leah ramini clear documentary not the clear uh. documentary but the ongoing series where she's interviewing people that were in scientology and oh and interesting. On and, on and, on. and it, it does a lot of padding there's a lot of it stretches itself out but also it's the same story over and over again and it's horrible right. but also it's an example of something I could listen to while I draw. So she <laughs> likes to stare at it, just rigidly staring at that thing, watching it in horror. And then I'll be drawing over here and it works out absolutely fantastic. And you know, that's hard for me. Usually yeah. I can't do that. If something's on, I'm interested in, I have to look at it, but. Well, and that is one anyway. problem with the, the high score uh, series is that it does like, they talk to a lot of Japanese and Chinese and other foreign creators. So there's a lot of subtitling. Ah, uh, yeah, I can um, see that. Which I worked for me because I was just mindlessly like folding cards over and over again, and so I could sit and read it. But yeah, most of yeah. the time I don't watch stuff with subtitles just because I'm usually doing something else while I'm doing it. Um, but you know, it's it is what it is. It's kind of fun watching these adorable old Japanese guys talk about the video games they designed. <laughs> now, Biff, don't con me. I know that you're watching this just because. You're, you're hearkening back to a simpler era when you remember that the biggest worry that you had in life was whether um, combat would load on your Atari 2600. Dude, I, man, I, I will admit that like, there's so much nostalgia watching these early episodes, especially where they're talking about like the introduction of even just arcade games and the first guy that figured out how to mod the cabinets and that kind of thing. Like it's, Oh, I can't wait there. Oh, there's so much like nostalgia for that kind of thing there. It's, and they'll, um, they cover a lot of like the first winner of the Sega, um, championship and that kind of thing too on it. And yeah. they intercut it with the story and it's, a little cheesy the way they do it but it's still pretty fun to watch it's i guess actually now that i said that i guess i'm on like the second or third episode i just realized uh -huh. that it wasn't just the first one i watched <laughs> with netflix you can blink and you don't even know it's happening yeah it's like, yeah do you want to continue <laughs> they've gotten to the point you know, where they don't even ask you anymore they just immediately start the next one and skip the intro so you're just like all it just all blends together <laughs> in 2009 Nope. Mm -hmm. 2010. Let's see. 2010. 2010. Um, I accidentally fell down a rabbit hole or a K hole with a rabbit um, into the world of renovating arcade cabinets. Oh, nice. The reason I remember this specifically when I can't even remember what happened last week because time is meaningless <laughs> is that I was building my bike for the AIDS lifecycle ride. And, you know, the, when you wrap the, I had this elk elk hide that i was wrapping the bars with right and at the end of the bar you have to plug it with something and i had this idea that i would plug it with a two a one player and a two player um 
button, right? So I'm like, right. surely I can find that somewhere on eBay. And I fell down the hole because I was going through these online catalogs and then even ordered physical catalogs from suppliers that supplied the parts <laughs> necessary to limp these arcade cabinets oh, along. And I was blown away that there was enough industry for that. I mean, I used to, I, I do again, I have an air-cooled VW, and back when the first mm-hmm. one I had, I was amazed that there was this massive aftermarket for VW parts because yeah. Mexico and Brazil were still making them. This was like that. I'm like, I cannot believe, I mean, how many arcade cabinets are still out there that need to be revitalized that there would actually be <laughs> multiple sources getting these things made from China and having catalogs of them. I just couldn't conceive of it. Well, and it's, it's not interesting like it these was... days, too, yeah. because there's those Arcade One Up company where they do like mm-hmm. the kind of the mini cabinet versions. And there's a whole like civilization of modders out there that are like putting Raspberry Pis into those so they can play yes. things. Yes. And I guess uh, Arcade One Up is coming out with pinball machines now where they have like oh, wow. a digital screen that you're playing on, but they've synced it up with the flappers so that there's like a haptic feedback so that you feel like you're That's hitting dope. the ball when you hit it. I'm like legitimately interested in the pinball one. I I was seeing yeah. retail is going to be somewhere between five and 600 for those. And each one uh, will have like five or six tables that you can call up. And I was like, you know, like I a, you a can legit pinballs, like, yeah, yeah. They can, it's Wi-Fi updates. And why wouldn't that be a console that would take any number of pinball? See, and I, I don't know if it's a licensing it. thing or what, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do know that there's like a whole culture of people that have like, all of the arcade one-ups things just all in a row like a little mini arcade and so it oh, may yeah. be one of those things where they're like oh why 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 give away all of them when i can get the them buying a whole herd of cattle <laughs> well and the thing that struck me at the time was you know 2010 mm-hmm. uh you know we didn't have the same i mean we had a lot of idle rich but we didn't have the same push of millennials with a lot of money from the tech industry that Right. Would just spend out the nose for anything that was amusing them about a culture they didn't live through. But that's the thing we have today. I can see consoles in the lofts of a lot of uh, very well-paid young tech entrepreneur types Mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley today. But it would be new construction, new boxes, not renovating old ones. Yeah, 2010, that would just be like... Like old boardwalk that, arcades that are still running, kind of thing. Well, that's <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like if you read like Gibson and stuff, the idea mm-hmm. that the rich would archive would pull out of the archive old crap and then have mm-hmm. it lovingly restored and then have it around as tchotchkes. That's a that's a theme that goes back thousands of years. Yeah, but we're at we're in a current blip in our culture where the pe- the young people with money are intrigued by the the kitsch of culture past but they don't want the arc they don't want the lovingly restored thing from the past (laughs) as much as they just want a new digital or just new recreation of it because it's not the authenticity they want it's the joke they want and i know that seems like a hard statement but that's but but i've seen that several cases and i'm like this is a very interesting no it's absolutely true yeah it's that the type of collector i am versus the type of collector some of those people are yeah yeah there's this weird like i mean it's the same thing with social media versus forums where we used to have month-long conversations on the same topic whereas these days you go on anything discord facebook whatever you have maybe 24 hours to talk about something before it's buried under 
tens of thousands of other things. And I think yep. that's sort of that same mentality where they're like, oh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to pay $20,000 for that perfect Space Invaders cabinet. I just want something I can play and have in the corner of my room kind of thing. Yeah, but I also think it's different than that. I think it's not just that. I think they'll pay 40000 for mm -hmm. the brand new one. Yeah. Because they have no – because this is a culture that does not – I feel like, man, I'm being cranky. This is a culture, <laughs> though – pandemic crank. This is the culture <laughs> that does not um, find value – in the restoration of the old okay mm -hmm. this is just like the i mean there's a lot of parallels here but this is like the international style after the after world war this is international style between the end of world war one and the start of world war ii and then into after world war ii everything that culture just basically did a hard reboot and said anything with the past is bad and everything yeah. that our parents liked is bad and everything new is good but the difference here is they're mining the past they just don't care mm -hmm. about the, the the authenticity of it they just want yeah. it to be you know, and like, for example, there's a much bigger reboots. industry. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. And there's much more market, not just because of, of the market penetration of something like, um, uh, what is it called? Urban Outfitters. I mean, mm -hmm. sure, it's everywhere and they can go to it. It's easy. But people would, given the choice, even if it costs the same, they're going to go for the thing at Urban Outfitters versus buying the original one on eBay. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, it's about it's. True. It doesn't. They don't care. There's no value in the old to them, in that mm -hmm. case. And so, for a classic example of this, and I was talking to a younger guy who's a manager of a of a restaurant, local restaurant we try to support here during the pandemic, and we were talking. He's always asking me if I'm up to date on Mando, and he sees me drawing on the iPad when I'm waiting for my order outside by the fire pit because I'm staying away from all the yahoos that are breaking <laughs> quarantine and killing each other right so he'll come out to me and talk to me and he sees me work he's been seeing me working on that mandalorian print i've been working on for like weeks and so he <laughs> always comes up and talks star wars a little bit with me and then i asked him a question about this very thing a few weeks ago i said hey man do you if you had the choice between ebaying the original walrus man because i showed him my original remember my boba fett print has walrus man in it oh yeah character name in it but whatever Okay, Walrus Man for the toy people. Okay, do, would you would you like the original Walrus Man? It's probably a little weathered and stuff, but it's authentic. Maybe the blister packs even still exist, but it's all faded. Or would you <laughs> like the brand the brand new recasting of that with even more detail? Right. And he's like, I'd absolutely want the new one. I don't care about the old one. And he didn't so even bizarre. see the he didn't even see the potential. He didn't even see that he was discounting the value of the old collectible. It was sort of mm -hmm. like, because he didn't live through it, right? First of all. But also, it was just like, no, I mean, why? I don't see the difference. And I thought that was really fascinating. And of course, I'm one of any number of people since the dawn of time that realized that the youth have a different concept of time and value than I do. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's a, it's a present problem. And I realize now, looking back on 2010, that that same catalog and those same companies probably were used the same factories in china right they they were used to make the modern brand new cabinets mm -hmm. and so that's where that market continued probably not even maybe there's even more availability for restoration parts than there was before the problem is the guts aren't there anymore right right as you said with those mini ones it's all raspberry pi but like even modern rebuilt modern um nostalgia cabinets they have like microcomputers in them and stuff right they're not even the same deal it's not like they built the old chipboards or anything right so, 
Hey, so back. Is it time for my mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you're on the hunt for in your planned plundering segment other than... Uh, um, no, that's really... Um, Metamucil for us because we're old and... Yeah, really. Well, I guess planned... Um, no, that's about it. Like, I'm right. rereading some John LeCar. Just He passed away oh, recently, but I was already rereading it before he passed away. I may have killed him. That was him another one I was him. trying to think of, yeah. That passed yeah. away. Yes. John LeCar. Um, which one are you reading now? Uh, the third smiley is my next one in the queue, but I don't remember which one it is. I think it might be oh, the okay. smiley that came in from the cold. I mentioned uh, last week with Mike, I'm reading i started reading greg rucka's fiction and mm. i have all these books i stockpiled but i never got to all based on loving queen and country so i went like oh he's writes novels oh my god and i went bought all these like on amazon's third-party sellers right uh list and it's like all these library copies with hole punches in them and stuff <laughs> but um i'm starting with the queen and country stuff that he did but then i also have his uh, some of his other series too so i have the stack i just finished gibson and now i'm working on that but sure i'm curious to anyway. see what you think of his writing novel wise um have you read his stuff mm -mm. i have okay. not i i was only peripherally aware of them until maybe a year or two ago so i haven't read any of them well i'm up i'm cautiously optimistic because i've read his script book for queen and country one of the like the first volume and mm -hmm. it reads perfectly oh nice I mean, Carlos Speed McNeil did amazing work for it. It was perfect for it at the time, but you know, reading the script book, it was it worked great. So cool. I don't think she was doing a lot of heavy lifting in that regard. So let's see. On my plan plundering, I continue to attempt to start for all mankind, which is now veering into its third season on Apple. <laughs> I haven't hmm. started it. This is the colonizing Mars or the race to Mars um, show. Oh, um, okay, yeah. And then also I have not started, but continue to attempt to start uh, Raised by Wolves. I, that's um, been on my to-do list, and I've just not just not gotten to it. Well, it, it, for me, the hard part was it was like I liked everyone who was involved, but I was mortified by the design work of the yeah. really unflattering bodysuits. But then a friend of mine, actually uh, Blair, told me that he loved it. I think it was Blair told me he loved it. Someone like that, someone that kind of surprised me. Someone who doesn't tolerate stuff that is a slow burn said he enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll try it. And then um, Mike mentioned Barely Lethal last week. And I was like, oh, okay. I never saw that. So I'm going to watch that. Did you see hmm. Barely Lethal? No, I'm not even aware of what that is. So Barely Lethal. It's not that I am pausing in any way. But Barely <laughs> Lethal. Oh, is so that know, the Chris, like the, um, the, the two bounty hunter, like... They just like end up into it or something like that. Well, so barely lethal. So barely lethal. No. So that one is teenage bounty hunters, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is also on my list, but when it got canceled, I got this, I got discouraged because you know, <laughs> as soon as you know, it's end, it's got a terminus that wasn't planned. You sort of lose your steam right. a little bit. At least I do. But barely lethal was from 2015. Wow, that's has, a hell of a cast. Wow. Yeah, Sophie Turner, Haley Steinfeld. Mm. That's how I. That's how it came up as we were talking about Haley Steinfeld. Ste Sam uh, Jim, Jackson, Sophie Turner, Jamie King. Jessica Alba, huh. Dub Cameron. Oh, Sam yeah. Jackson. Yeah, Jamie King. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I, yeah, I put it on my list. 
Uh, I put it on my Netflix list, which means that a passenger pigeon will deliver it um, at some point. <laughs> I'm one of 17 people who still gets discs. Side right. note, I've been backfilling. <laughs> I've run out of stuff. Like, for example, they've slowed down their new releases. They don't talk about what's coming anymore. Like, the coming soon stuff is, like, almost gone. Interesting. And, they're, and so it's like, I don't know if they're starting to spin down their DVD and Blu-ray service anymore. So I thought, oh, I better get well. The getting's good, and so I've been going back and like trying to infill a lot of stuff from collect collection stuff that I love that I just don't happen to have on Blu-ray, for example. And mm -hmm. I was going through Tarantino stuff, and I was like, okay, Inglorious Bastards arrived yesterday, and then I pulled it out. And I'm like, what the shit? And it was the original <laughs> Inglorious Bastards from 1967. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's an outrage. Probably better, but anyway, I didn't. Like yeah, it. really. Um, I'd watch it, but that's yeah, I'm funny. Sure. It's, I mean, you'd, you'd stuff envelopes to it, right? If nothing else. Yeah, right. Uh, so, okay. So, listen, for my planned, so my, my planned plundering, um, Mankind, Raised by Wolves, Barely Lethal. And then, uh, okay, so what about rum-fueled recommendations for you? What do you have? Uh, what do you recommend? One. What do, do I recommend? Do you recommend Cyberpunk by it? I ask you, do you recommend Cyberpunk? <sighs> Cannot answer that at this point in time. <laughs> I, I, I put you down so, for Cyberpunk question mark. Is that cool? <laughs> so so I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077 on the PS4 Pro. I am not very far into it. Um, I have not experienced you... any of the lag or problems that it has reportedly been having. But I also have really low standards for like graphics resolution and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but I... I don't Otherwise, know how, you play like, Leisure Suit Larry all the time. So it's kind yeah. Of like I mean, really, yeah. Everything's sixteen bit in my world. So, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, man. Like, it's really cool looking, but I've I'm not even to like the main credits yet, and I feel uh, yeah. like I could play for like another hour of introductory missions before I get to sure. that point. But I'm worried it's one of those games that I'm not going to be good at. And uh -huh. um, because it's got like like cyber hacking and you flag things and there's lots of shooting and melee and sneaking. And I'm not real great at the coordination when it comes to all of that all at the same time. Yeah. I'm typically the one that just like has one thing they do and then they get killed if they don't know how to do the other stuff. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Um, I will so, say that right now, if you hop on it in the next week or two, um, if you haven't played Red Dead Redemption, the online only version of it's available for five bucks on PlayStation. And I did pick uh -huh. that up and it, it makes me want to own the base game because it's just multiplayer online. But it's been really fun to play that. Uh, my brother has it too. So we get on and like we hook up our mics and we haven't been able to play game night uh, for a few weeks now because we've been on quarantine and one of our family members had exposure to COVID and everything. So we yeah. haven't been able to do any of that. And so it was kind of fun to both kid up as cowboys and wander around the West and Kill ruin your pelts and stuff yeah yeah exactly Butcher, yeah i was ruining the ru hell ruin your pelts and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that your, was your really horse fun. your horse dies seven miles from town and uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly well, maybe i'll send you i have red dead one and two on disc maybe i'll send you something because i haven't had a chance to really that's a game i wanted to get into 
and I never had the time and I felt like I felt like it was a barrier to entry if I wasn't gonna spend a million hours on it. Mm, and the only yeah, hope see, I had was the Yeah. That's one nice Go thing ahead. about the online version is that there isn't a storyline you're stuck into. You're just sort of you're making your own way with your own character. And mm. so like I feel no shame in just getting on and playing for twenty minutes to a half hour and then getting back off again. And that's not uh-huh. something I have when it's got that like long drawn out storyline. And so there's like a different mentality for it for me that, that it's kind of relaxing to just get on my horse and ride uh, across the desert for 20 minutes, kill a couple of deer, sell them at a town and then quit for the evening. So I, I've you know, actually really enjoyed that. Well, that's what I'm hoping that cyberpunk will give me because as you know, I, I play a game an hour a night once a month or something. Yeah. It's like, I've tried that with Ghosts of Tsushima, which is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Another between Cyberpunk and Ghosts, it's like there are my childhood influences, right? Oh yeah, like, totally. I all I need is a. I mean, listen, between you and me, you and me and my broken Wycom here, <laughs> if I could have a if I could have a Masamune Shiro free roam game, that would be absolutely. I would never leave. I would actually never <laughs> never leave the house. I would be divorced quickly. But the point is. I want something that I can just get into and just just mm. just fuck shit up. Just just immediately start screwing around for an hour or two, and then I'm and then yeah. I can shut it down, and a month later get back into it and do whatever I want. And mm. I, the one thing about Tsushima is that, and you haven't played that one, right? No, I haven't. I've seen videos of it, but I haven't played it. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the only thing yeah. that kept that kind of stalled me was well, the two things were one, lead, like you said, working up to the credits. I didn't mm-hmm. know I was doing that until the credits happened and it became free roam. <laughs> Up until that point, I was getting a little bit frustrated because I was on a narr- I was on a path. Like I just mm-hmm. had to do a thing. So there was really was no, I was just doing right. Right. And then I was like, and I was a little frustrated by a couple of, I just couldn't get past a couple things. And I finally did. And I was like, well, this is not going to be that fun if I'm going to do it once a month because you're just slogging through it. I want right. free roam. And I want a variety in what I do and the kind of problems I have and not just constantly mm-hmm. inter- count- encountering enemy samurai, right? Like I wanted some right. more there there. I wanted variety to keep me interested, right? But it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. It's so beautiful that I would sit there and watch the cutscenes and be like taking snapshots of them and stuff. It's just amazing. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, that's... So... I think it's yeah. really important, especially like these days for us to have that release where we can just say, okay, I'm just going to go escape into another world. I don't have any like real specific goal in mind. I just want to get on there, fiddle with my controller for a little while and just kind of have fun. And I definitely think that was like that for you, right? Yeah. Fallout uh, 76 was that for me. Um, I picked up uh, Grand Theft Auto five. And again, like I literally, I just get on there drive real fast until the cops kill me and then i quit yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, you know it's that, just silly but it's fun the other the other thing that killed me on ghosts was that i discovered i have a graphics card failure in my ps4 mm. um it's directly related to the engine that is driving the foreground figures that's how i discovered that the, the modern consoles are breaking up what it's doing in the background from what it's doing in the foreground so the backgrounds look perfect, sounds perfect, everything's perfect. But your guy, your mm-hmm. guy, and maybe sometimes the oppo- the opponent that you're interacting with, uh-huh. have a million, um, like in, like blindingly flat, fast million little black sharp polygon artifacts blustering all over their bodies. 
all over. Oh, the how place. weird! It looks like a DC movie run amok, right? It's just <laughs> like a million little black shards all over the place, and it's really distracting. Mm. Um, especially when you see like the you'll see a close up of your face, like you've been shot in the head with an arrow, and you're like, Ugh! and then you've got a million little black like triangles zipping all over you, and it's kind of like okay. So that's bizarre. That that is actually what led me to. Well, I guess I'll get that PS5. And then mm -hmm. I couldn't get the PS5. And now because like, nobody right. can. Right. Except for Mike, by the way, who's neck deep in his month-long deep dive into the PS5. Because I don't know. <laughs> because he's such a legacy guy that PlayStation offered him one early. <laughs> I thought I was on the pre-order list. And what I was on was the pre-option pre pre to get on an order list. Of and course. he was on the pre-order list. So he got his That's on hilarious. day one. and. Yeah, I just wasted So we need to midnight. have him write a review for the magazine is what you're saying then. <laughs> I think he definitely should. And I told him the very same and he said he would. And I'm surprised and a little disappointed that he hasn't. So anyway, <laughs> Cyberpunk, what I'm hoping for is that it's that with my love of that genre, I really hope that aspect of that genre, that's just like that pure chaos. I really hope that it's that kind of free roam fun that I could just jump on and fuck off for an evening and yeah. then put it down again and not have to follow the story so much. Or yeah. be that linear? I, I'm hoping so. We shall see. <laughs> Fortnite, I hope your, my son your plays... graphics card will play it. <laughs> well, no, it won't. Uh, my son plays Fortnite, among other things. He's this nine-year-old just run amok. And you know, his, <laughs> he's frustrated because generally all the players are better than him. It's why I never even put him on Over, Overwatch. But he loves the lunacy of it. Like, you know, you're yeah. a giant banana or whatever, and you're kind of bazooka, whatever the hell it is. But... And it's and it's random, and we happen to know one of the the two guys that created that game from some years back. And at the time, I had no idea what it was because I wasn't plugged in. Cause I was too busy eating my mush. But anyway, mm -hmm. I watched my son play it. Now it's too hard for him. He dies fast, but but he's still a lot better than I am. Yeah. And whether it's that game or like Plants vs Zombies or any of these others, I mean, he's a much better shooter at age nine than I am today. Um, <laughs> But I will say that when I look at the potential for Fortnite being like a less earnest, less like I'm trying hard to be rad Grand Theft Auto, I'm like, wow, this could be really cool if it wasn't just all about shooting each other, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious the degree to which if Cyberpunk is, if you can play that in that free roam way, but it's not just battle royale with other online players but you're actually just engaging with the world and its npcs and stuff and you can just dip and die yeah, i'm curious that sounds I, like something really fun i'm kind of anxious to get past the like the linear tutorial opening to find out exactly how it plays hmm. well we'll see the we reason i see. asked you and and devin was that i finally got my copy you must have gotten your digital copy with your pro right is that what happened no they sent me a disc so wait a minute, you bought it online and it just came? Yeah. And where'd you buy it from? Amazon. What the fuck, man? Do you know I <laughs> pre-ordered Cyberpunk in March from GameSpot? And weeks into people complaining about it, it, fi it, it, it I had shipping notices for a while and then it never uh -huh. came. And it came yesterday. <laughs> I pre-ordered <laughs> well, I mean, I got mine on the 14th, so it's not like mine came on the 10th or anything, but... Yeah, but or maybe mine was the 13th, but yeah. My impression from talking to Devin was that he had it a while, but since he 
I guess he could do 12 hours of gameplay in two nights. Maybe he didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> well, he so, um, he did the digital. Yeah. And it it let him actually download and update his game on like the 8th or something like that. And uh, if he okay. went to hit play, it, it like showed a little sequence that was like this cheeky, like, it's not the 10th yet, just not time to wake up kind of thing uh, so his game was yeah. literally ready to boot up and play at midnight on the 10th oh that's so, dope mm-hmm. my pre-order supposedly came with some dlc which i don't know what it was but also apparently and i don't remember this it came with an absolutely gorgeous cast metal oni face mm, pendant that's cool and i mean it's rad looking and, you know, I'm in a time in my life where I'm like, what would I do with this? But I love it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, tr- I put it on uh, Mateo this morning, and I said, this will ward off bad math problems or whatever. You enjoy it. And he came back, like, 20 minutes later. He's like, it hurts my neck. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and immediately I referenced the fact, because we dragged him through Superman and Superman 2. And I'm like, you're like uh-huh. Superman in the pool. And he's like, what? Because <laughs> he's already <laughs> put it out of his mind. Nice. The youth today, they don't even have room for it. Okay, so what else on Rum Fuel recommendations? Cyberpunk question mark. Anything else? <laughs> You're such a grumpy what? old man in this episode. <laughs> I'm actually, I got light coming out of all my orifices, but I just, I save it for you. What do you, uh, what do you honestly, do? I don't really have anything else to recommend. I've, all right. I've pretty much just been working and sleeping, so... <laughs> I feel I'm you. Fine. Well, so my... I'm working on the magazine just nonstop because I'm trying to get it out yeah. before Christmas. So, I heard you have some pretty rad stuff in that magazine, particularly rad stuff from dear, dear friend of yours. Yes. Uh, uh, Devin? Uh, wrong Rocket. <laughs> Not Devin. Yes, Wrong Rocket so... got one of his articles bumped to issue three, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I did. Well, you only have so many 40-page segments. I mean, you know, I understand it's, that. Yeah, that, well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I was looking at that article, and I'm like, okay, this article's amazing. I'm super excited about having it in it, but I either have to make the images real small or no, it doesn't fit in the issue. So, And, in fact, it's in my contract that they have to be lenticular. So just really take your time yes. it, please. Lenticular, um, and one of them is being turned into a hologram. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> is it? Is it? A, is it a... Um, is it a uh, is it a uh, is it a hologram of uh, what's her name from Blade Rider twenty forty seven, which is now showing up in all kinds of other projects, and I really like her. <laughs> that one, Anna de Armas or whatever her That's name. That's the is. one, Anna de Armas. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, it's the genie. <laughs> oh, okay. Not as good. So for Rumfield recommendations, I will recommend the Expanse. And I do so because what I've been doing is trying. I've taken some time to like people go to bed. I was trying to catch. I would try to rewatch Expanse. Oh, okay. Which was very interesting. Having watched it, season read five all the books, out now, right? Just came out yesterday. Yes, for okay. three three episodes or so, and it's going to continue through February. Okay. And I and I and I've watched the series and I read the books and now I'm re I rewatching the series and I'm at the beginning of season three in my rewatch and I ran out of time. Now the new season started. So I switched over. And the one nice thing I was frustrated at first, cause I was really hoping somehow I was going to pull it off, but I accidentally mm. truncated. They, they, they fuse books so much that I, you could, could truncate the seasons. Cause you don't really know, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of like, ah, oh, that was, you know what I'm saying? Like they merge books. So you, it's kind of hard mm. to remember what the seasons were. And I kind of yeah. thought that I was closer than I was. And then I realized, Oh, there's a whole other season between. <laughs> anyway. 
So there's no hope. The nice thing is, having read the books and knowing it inside and out, I can jump to the fifth season and then I can go back and watch more in the past and continue forward. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like watching Mm -hmm. Star Wars stuff now. And so I've watched the first two episodes of the three they've released for season five. And I'm re-watching through and starting season three second time around. And remind me now where you fall on this. Um, I've seen up through most of season three. Okay. So you have never read any of it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Tragedy. But you watch Clone Wars, so I can't really... And Rebels, so I'm... Yeah, there's only so much I I can catch up on with your obsessions, Tom. Come on. I understand. I understand. (laughs) It took uh, you four years to get me to watch Clone Wars. (laughs) Yeah, fair... Yeah, fair. So, so I can say about see the first couple episodes of season five, I won't go into any of the content in the plot because you haven't gotten there in the books or otherwise. But I will say mm-hmm. that they have engaged in even harder material to adapt in a cohesive manner than season four was. Also, a book mm-hmm. you haven't read. Season four is a ve- is a is a divergence from the the main tone and style of storytelling. It's mm. n- it's a it's like a you know how all the Star Trek movies are infamously like you put all this money into it and all they do is drive buggies around on the right. out in Joshua Tree, right? So uh-huh. season four is the book where they went planet side. <laughs> so <laughs> so so it's a whole book of planet side stuff, and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, this is not you know, it, but it was great, but it's very different. It's a horror book in that sense. There's hmm. actually a horror book, and you'll like that about it in both in the in the show and if you ever read the books, but but. Season five has an interesting problem in that it's a point in the storyline. It's they're merging two books, but it's a point in the narrative of the books where the characters are going in different paths, not because of their like breaking up or anything, but just because they have they have missions, side missions, right? They have, mm-hmm. they have things they want to do, their personal issues, and so now they're telling a story of each of these characters working solo. Um. But it's interwoven in their communication as well as just the thread of things. But that's really hard to do if the story so far has been about a crew working together constantly under a lot of pressure. It Hmm. was hard in the books and it's hard in the show. And they've done an incredible job in making it still seem valuable and engaging. It's not they're not really hitting you over the head with some of the themes that are actually pretty profound in terms of what we're seeing today in the world i mean there's things about economy and culture and propaganda that are happening in the show that look very familiar to us um Mm -hmm. so they're doing a great job the next one i have to watch which i will watch shortly after we close this recording is the one that um um punisher himself miller thomas jane actually directed Um, oh so i'm looking forward to that as well but anyway if you haven't i've said it before but if you haven't watched the expense you should when Amazon bought it, they doubled the budget and they really gave it a lot of extra oomph, which was wonderful. But Sci-Fi mm-hmm. Channel, the production company that sold it to Sci-Fi for first release, I mean, they did a lot with a little. And it still is the best looking and most engaging gritty sci-fi show since Battlestar Galactica. It owes everything to that show, but it's better than that mm-hmm. show. And yeah, it's great. You gotta watch Expanse if you have it, and really you have to go back and read those books because... They yeah, they've been in my to read queue forever. But now that we've got the magazine going, I've like, oh, I've got to read stuff that I can review, and it's oh sure, it's 
hard to just read for joy at this point. I, I hate that I keep monetizing things I like to do. <laughs> no, but I would still argue, though, that there are there's nothing about the magazine that says that you cannot. Like, for example, I could just show up and start reviewing Expanse and you wouldn't be like, no, Tom, I don't have 70 pages true. to commit to the that magazine is... for Expanse. You would surely yeah. say, please do it. That's my point, true. though, is in all seriousness, though, I mean, it's a, it, that that is the beauty of that format for the magazine is that you could go yeah. after anything you want. Anything you saw is is or liked or you want to talk about is fodder for the magazine. Yeah, but I understand what yeah, you mean. That's... You only have but you only have so many hours. That's the problem. Yeah. Right? And those books are like 700,000 pages long. <laughs> they're not Stevenson level, but they're pretty fucking big. I wouldn't even yeah. know on the last the last four or five I just got digitally. But um, <laughs> um and actually, a few of them I did on audio, which they actually, they weren't quite as good as Stevenson's audiobooks, mm. but they were very good. Um, right on. So yeah, this year, I Yeah, now that I don't drive anywhere, I'd never listen to audiobooks. That's like, my thing, my, too. That's awful. Like, Audible literally just sent me an email today that's like, hey, um, you have a lot of credits piled up here. You probably uh, <laughs> take care of that. <laughs> I'm like, 12, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have 12 credits. I'm like, yeah, I don't me know too. what to do. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I... I went from not only commuting, but also like all the time I was in Jakarta and all the time I was on planes, mm. a lot of time to listen to audiobooks. And now it's like, yeah. I can't. Because I cannot listen to audiobook and work. It has no, to be something either. I'm driving or moving or doing. If I can get off my ass and get on the bike more, that's when I can unlock some of those. But the problem was, what actually turned it for me in the pandemic was that I tried to start listening to Agency from William Gibson. And it's Gibson is too dense. In audiobook yeah. format, you're losing things. You're just every sentence I wanted to pause it. I'm like, I can't, I can't figure out what I just heard, right? Mm -hmm. So I switched to the physical copy, and so I read Peripheral and Agency back to back, physical copies in bed with a light, and I was like, I remember books. <laughs> so now, so now that's what I'm I'm going to start with, you know, kind of diving into the ruckus stuff, but forcing nice. myself to read books. But you're absolutely right, though. It's hard to re listen to audiobooks when you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I'm used to like but, eight hour drives to Texas or whatever and I would listen to podcasts and audiobooks and all that. And yeah, like you, I I can't work, especially if I'm trying to write or something while people yeah, are no. talking in the background. So yeah. yeah, exactly right. All I do is work or create whether I'm working my day job or I'm creating and I it's always urgent urgent and generally unsettling soundtrack music. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I need. Um, but I will say about the, uh, the James S. A. Corey pen named uh, Expanse books is that they are definitely not the kind of book where you're like, I got to force myself to go read that. Okay, <laughs> like a yeah. lot of stuff that you know is good, but you know you have to put the effort in. Yeah, those books are like you start reading and you're like, well, <laughs> what, what day is it? You know, that's really good stuff. So nice. anyway, Expanse, I'm 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 enjoying it so far on their hardest season. They did announce that we talked about this last week, but they did announce that the next season was already greenlit, but it will be the last. Oh, oh and interesting. It will not include Cass Anvar, who is mm, obviously at this point yeah. infamous, infinite, infamously um, dragged down on um, sort of sexual predator charges and some real yeah. concerns about not not formal charges, but you know, fan charges in the industry about. Um, some really unpleasant predatory behavior and and mm -hmm. they were doing an independent 
investigation on that and it sounds like apparently it's not going well i mean i've seen screen caps from lots and the red there's reddit feeds that go on hundreds of pages of people that have posted this the screen caps of his stuff and there are certainly scenarios where there's a fine line between flirting and engaging with people and being predatory there's nowhere near a fine yeah. line this is he's definitely going after youngins and it's not great so hmm. he's out in the last season and they're gonna do one more season and stop and that's devastating for expanse fans like me that would love it to go to eternity but i will say right. that in the books there's a there's at one point they stop and do a 30-year jump and i'm hoping mm. and there's hints because ty frank has been interviewed twice by wes uh chatham 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 um who plays amos he's been oh, interviewed yeah. a couple of different times and he's there because they're buddies and he's talked about he's really implied that it's a pause in this structure but it will continue. And it's kind of my hope that they're going to transition to another format. Either they're going to do movies or another series to continue the story. And quite frankly, mm -hmm. the story of Expanse, like Star Wars, as Mando showed, the story of Expanse is one that you could tell some very interesting stories in this universe and not have the main thread of yeah. this narrative being what you're doing. Just talk about other people doing other things. And there's plenty to do. So mm -hmm. I really hope there's more to come in live action for expanse and i really do hope they do they do do this 30 years later thing because it is actually a very compelling story um, interesting but it is but it is a natural point to change if they wouldn't looking at what they did with the crown where they actually change actors every two seasons it would be very interesting if they did that with the expanse and came back with a new series to do the last arc that is much later in the timeline because the the characters at that point are 70 60 and 70, right? Or whatever. They're much <laughs> Right. Interesting. <clears throat> In a world where you could live to 150, but still. <laughs> Since you and I do not, we should we should wrap it up. Um, thanks again, man. And um, hopefully we can... Yeah. Um, God, if we could get uh, Mike back on on the next one, that would be awesome. Blake has not forsaken us, by the way. He ran off. He R-U-N-N-O-F-T <laughs> to Mexico. He went to the to the Yucatan to escape the pandemic. As soon as the second lockdown was announced, he was like out. So he and his wife and his daughter all went down there and they're spending a couple of months. Hey, uh, if remote. you can, why not? Listen, <laughs> he's, he's probably spending less money daily than, than, uh, than we are. Well, at least than I am here. Um, uh, the one thing he did tell me though, the only, the only part of this that was a backfire was that when you go and you're not on a resort, but you're in a condo and the pandemic's on, there's nowhere uh -huh. to get supplies, right? So yeah. they have a general store and they have a couple of access points, but it's a lot. It sounds a lot like when we were trapped in the in uh, in Tahoe, but the start of this pandemic in the snowstorm and there was no supply. He's like, I think I need to learn to fish. I need to go and see if I can find someone to sell me a fishing rod. I was like, ooh, <laughs> it's crazy. getting mosquito. It's getting really mosquito coast on really quick. Yeah, know? really. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, you know, stay safe and we'll be talking again soon with a lot more nerd stuff. Got some oh, big stuff yes. to talk about. All right. Yeah. We'll talk again very quickly. All right. Cheers. Adios. Bye. Adios.